Hey, y'all, what's on tap for uh, Monday, June 19th, Robert Chabell Show broadcast? Well, you couldn't help but notice over the weekend, we're trying to chill out and have a nice Father's Day weekend. <laughs> and then the the Joe Rogan RFK Jr. challenge to, well, it's really the Joe Rogan challenge to uh, Peter Hotesta debate just blew up the the internet, so to speak. I think the, uh, the, the honeypot's been sweetened to like 2.62 million and Hotez still won't show up. We're going to talk about that now or two on our Brideon.tv simulcast. Uh, but first up, uh, cancer rates in kids are rising, young people are rising, something I've been talking about since I opened up the microphone. In 1999, by the way, 24 years later, they, they still can't figure it out. The Hill's going, we don't know why. Well, someone who knows a lot about a lot of things, particularly neuro neurological issues, a doctor of chiropractic. Yeah, he knows as much or more of many medical doctors in the neurological field uh, he digs down deep in the research, but then also comes back and looks at it with a different view a little bit because it's not just fully a reductionist view, having that chiropractic model. I think it'll be a fascinating discussion with Dr. Kenneth Oliver uh, today on the Robert Scabell Show. So tell your friends, we're about to crank it up for health, freedom, and healing liberty at robertscabell.com slash listen. <sighs> Super Don, let her rip. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. Voice of health, freedom, and liberty. The Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, quick fitness check uh, before we get into the fitness and health of young people in America, in the West, with rising, increasingly rising uh, cancer rates. Yeah, we're going to get into that in a moment. And just so you know, uh, if you have neurological questions, we've got uh, Dr. Kenneth Oliver for the first time on the Robert Scabell Show. I know a lot of you have been asking about tinnitus or tinnitus, and uh, we'll ask him about that, among many other things. And he's a real, I joke, an egghead. Enjoy him thoroughly because uh, I went to his lecture a couple of weeks back. We're like, dude, eating it all up, but really dives deep into the literature and can discern between that which is sham peer review versus real, real stuff, in addition to his own clinical experience. So I'm, I'm excited and looking forward to that. Also, of course, the Joe Rogan challenge to Peter Hotez. Uh, it's up to 2.62 million as of the last check, as far as the money that Hotez can earn for the charity of his choice if he just showed up to debate uh, Bobby Kennedy on uh, that platform on limited time. Will he do it? Well, <laughs> Super Don and me, or is it Super Don and I? I'll ask my wife after the show. We'll debate that. <laughs> we'll get that going as well. But on the fitness check front, uh, just so you know, Super Don, you'll be happy to know that I did win the challenge of the week for men, for men. Can't do it for women because I got beat by at least one woman. <laughs> and I don't I don't care because she's fit. She's 17 years younger than me. Congratulations. Amanda also knows the Mandalorian. She kicked butt. Uh, but I did. This is the challenge of the week, the max out challenge where I, you just show up and you go full on for all nine rounds and you you count your uh, your reps. And it was like between uh, 1,900 and 2,000 reps. I, I don't remember exactly the number. Uh, she got just over 2,000, which was very impressive. But what I did notice, and I think I showed this last week briefly, was that because of the cardio miracle and the other good things that I've been doing over many years, I'm healthier now and more fit now than I was in my 20s, uh, that the ability to do that at high level peak performance at lower and lower heart rate that is, 
the body normally when you're under stress, and I don't mean negative stress. I mean, you're purposefully, I'm working out, I'm marking my body, your heart's going up, right? You're running, you're sprinting, whatever you're doing. Normally, it would go up to ex extraordinarily elevated levels. Heart rate, you know, was it going to be 150, 170, depending on your age, and it determines where you should be as far as echo, height, weight, age, that kind of thing. And every time I've done it over the past, I think it's every six months, I've gotten better and I've gotten better while having fewer and fewer minutes, if you will, spent in the higher categories, even the yellow zone. Now, I, I joke with my trainers that their challenge is to get me into the yellow zone and they have to yell at me. I'm like, you guys aren't yelling at me enough because I'm not, I'm just, I'm going to be honest. I'm not that motivated other than I love working out, but I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'm doing fine. Right. But yeah, I'll get up there. I'll get up there. Anyway, so I just want to say a shout out and thank you to, uh, well, all the folks that have provided the high quality supplements, whole food supplements, the food supplement that's a food, as Judy Mikovit says, that Cardio Miracle is. And I just recently started this and I'll get you some updates. I definitely am I'm seeing some already impressive results from the super creatine advanced anabolic activator that uh, Jamie Dorley sent me after we talked about it last week, I, and I was never one to take creatine, but they formulated in a way to address my concerns. So uh, I'm trying it, and it uh, looks like I'm putting on some more muscle as well. And look out, Super Don. It's going to be very intimidating soon. I'll be frightening you behind the producer's microphone. Just want to make sure you're aware really? of it. <clears throat> You're going to be able to like fit in the, in the window? You need a bigger camera? Well, you, you know right now um, – Ty Bollinger's biceps are bigger than my head. So, I mean, I, it's going to be a while. I don't think I'm going to get there. It's just I'm not made and built that way. But significantly, as I monitor the weight levels that I am achieving, the, the, the ground floor level, in other words, my baseline, you know, after I fast, things like that, are go, it's going up. Right. And that's what I've been targeting, putting on some more mass. Yeah, if you you know, it, it, no. it does work. I used it yeah. back in the day when I was doing that kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. it, it definitely worked for me. So it's a good product. Yeah. And again, shout out to Jamie Dorley for uh, formulating a smart way to do it that I'm willing to actually try it. Uh, so much more to what we talk about and what we do here uh, as far as that I can encompass in one thing. But I try, you know, my best to be a living example. My Father's Day was great because I just did nothing. Hung out with my wife for the most part. My son's at Pork Fest, Porcupine Festival in uh, New Hampshire with the Goldbacks. Uh, my daughter's just chilling out and enjoying post-graduation downtime. And uh, we just got to, to relax. And uh, that was great. Now, Super Don, you went to the Oregon coast, which is I not did, a did. beach that you swim in unless you're going to get eaten by great white sharks. Yeah, you won't <laughs> find me in the ocean anyway. Plus, it's cold, but it's beautiful and rugged. And it's something about it that recharges you. Are oh, you awesome. recharged? Yeah, I, yeah. I, okay. I, I definitely had a good time with the family. Had a good Father's Day. Got to see a lot of things. I'll have some pictures tomorrow. I haven't had a chance to unload, uh, un upload everything and stuff like that, but we'll, we'll, I'll show some stuff tomorrow. Um, Very good. I did pick up, however, you know, for the longest time, I had a mascot here in the studio. Yeah. Well, you had a few over the years. Yeah, well, Frank the chicken, the, the rubber chicken was, was <laughs> the guy that. that I had there for a long time. But yeah, unfortunately, one of the dogs got a hold of Frank. <laughs> so <laughs> he's no longer. So I picked up a new mascot. Mm-hmm. Where are you going off microphone? What is that? Oh, is that an octopus? It's hang, hanging on to my cord here. That's cute. What is that? Yes, this is. I, you know, here's the thing. I need. I need everybody's help. I need a name. I need a name for the studio octopus. Okay. 
I, I, for some reason, it talked to me. It, it spoke to me when I uh, a really when cool I, octopus. Is it like a stuffed I, animal kind of thing? Yeah, it is. Okay. It is. So that's that's the new the new. Uh, uh, Did it frighten mascot. your grandchildren? It's a pretty no, scary, no, no, intimidating no. kind of thing. No, 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 no. It was great. Actually, we yeah. went to something called the Sea Lion Caves. Okay. Uh, and I've got video of that actually that I'll I'll be able to show tomorrow. Okay, great. So anyway, I've got that, and then something else that I, I picked up that I thought was really cool because we're always talking about copper. Yes. silver on this show right gold. once in a while we'll talk about gold even so we went oh, to this really awesome mineral and fossil shop mm -hmm. my wife is really into into the crystals and the minerals yeah. and stuff like that and everything like that and mm -hmm. i came across something i thought you know this would be kind of cool to have okay so whenever we talk about copper if i ever need a uh, a prop this yeah. is uh laminated copper okay and it's in this little jar right here. You see that? That is cute. It's like and it I'll, looks like it's like in glass. Yeah, it is. It's glass. It's, and glass. it's got it's got some kind of liquid in it. All right. And then they had laminated silver. Okay. In there, right? Right. All right. right. The actual I element. The, I got the silver. Very cool. This is twenty-two carat laminated gold. Right there, dude. Look at that. Isn't that cool? It looks like that'd set you back for at least a room at, at the hotel. You know, this was five bucks, dude. Yeah. So I don't know what laminated means, but okay. you know, I mean, how how cool is it to have? Regardless, a, you've got some show and tell going the on. The laminated yeah. silver and the copper. Now you got the noble metals now all That's together. Right. That's all right. Very right. cool. Well, listen, I'm so thrilled you were able to have a nice time this weekend. Uh, and I know the the download upload speed at the Airbnb was so slow. It took oh, eight man. hours to upload you know, the show it, for Sunday. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it was just, uh, they have redneck internet big time yeah, big in this that. particular area. You got it done. We got it done. And eight and a half hours it took to upload that file to you. Yesterday's show is all about relationships, masculinity and divine relationships. I think it's a perfect companion piece to the one I did a few weeks back with Doc Harmony talking about the Queen's Code. So you want the male version of that because we're talking about the women. So uh, you guys, if you want relationship discussion stuff, Really good uh, yesterday's show. Uh, and, uh, you you know, I know Sunday is like, oh, I take the day off, but we still put on a good show on Sunday. So y'all check that out. Now, I'm going to get into this first topic and Super Don, way to find this. Uh, the Hill is reporting increasing rates of uh, cancer in young people. And they're not clear about why. This is written by an Annika Necklison. I don't know who that author is, but she's talking about young people in their 20s, for instance, breast cancer, for instance. Um, uh, let's see, gauntlet of treatments, did a lumpectomy, tumor, on and on it goes here. The, the whole idea that young people are now getting cancer at increasing uh, rates, it's astonishing yet not. Because when I first opened the microphone in 1999 talking about even, there are occasions that I would talk about the war on cancer. Remember Nixon declared that for those of you old enough back in the early 1970s, a war on cancer. And if we haven't learned anything about war, Typically, if you declare war on something, you'll get more of it. Uh, it granted, it, it you know maybe the war ends at one point. Although we're in a perpetual state of war since 9/11, that's never ended, uh, and there hasn't been a declaration of war by the United States Congress since the end of World War II. Uh, this is a you know an important concept, broader than even the cancer thing. But the war on cancer is such that it created more cancer. It did not do anything to reduce cancer rates, 
some would argue, well, we have reduced mortality because now we diagnose cancer earlier. Okay, that's one of their you know arguments. But I mean, for billions and billions and billions of dollars, if you haven't addressed the cause of cancer, you refuse to acknowledge it other than to pay lip service to it. And what we're seeing is a generational decline in the health and vitality and metabolism of the cells within the bodies that are born to other bodies that are chronically ill, toxicologically burdened, nutrient deficient. And so when we talk about genetics and you say, well, cancer is a genetic disease, it's not. And in a fraction of those, or they say maybe it's 5%, 4 3 or 2 or 1% of the, of the cancers are genetic, I would argue that even those cancers are epigenetic. That is, they are caused by environmental factors and nutrient deficiencies associated with previous generations, or in the case of mom and dad, pre, a previous generation. And so if we had declared war on cancer, which apparently we did in, in America in the early 70s, and, and remember uh, when, when Obama was president, it was a cancer moonshot Biden was going to do because his one of his sons died of, of a brain cancer, if I remember correctly. But I'm just going to, I got to say it like this right now. Everyone at the top level who declares war on cancer is disingenuous. Um, they know the game is rigged. It's not about curing cancer. It's not about finding the cause of cancer. It's about manipulating the belief system away from acknowledging true cause and, of course, what would it take to alter the effect that manifests as cancer. And it has nothing to do with chemotherapy, radiation, and surgery. In other words, those three things, which are the industry standard of the medical monopoly that owns and controls our government through uh, capturing the, the regulatory agencies. Cancer is not a deficiency of chemo, toxic drugs. Duh, right? Cancer is not a deficiency of ionizing radiation. Duh, right? It causes cancer. And it's not even a deficiency or a lack of surgery, even though arguably if you have a lump in your breast and you need to get it surgically removed, it can be of some benefit. The, bo the body, though, was the thing that did the, the right thing by sequestering the cancer cells into a tumor to keep the rest of the body protected. And so, yeah, you can go in and invasively remove it, but it doesn't address the underlying cause, which again, toxicological burdens, nutrient mineral deficiencies, and or emotional, mental, economic, political, and even spiritual stressors. Dr. Rasha Bittar would talk about uh, rare, uh, different toxicities, if you will. And he's still correct, even though he's no longer with us in the physical sense. So the idea that we have more uh, cancer in young people is something that I've been predicting since I opened up the microphone, that they are not addressing the real cause of cancer. The president of the United States has yet since Nixon on forward come out and said, you know what we really need is to, is to get everybody to eat organically grown food. We need everybody to begin detoxifying their liver, utilizing the ancient methods of herbs that are written about in the Bible. Uh, much less that which we know of from scientific inquiry into uh, herbal medicine and or homeopathic remedies that can facilitate liver detox drainage, utilizing other vitalistic views of the body, chiropractic, for instance, to remove neurological interference as it comes through the spine and more, understand unleashing innate intelligence to overcome these things, and whether it be acupuncture and other forms of energy healing and medicine, not one president nor has the president, to my knowledge, ever assigned somebody to come out and say that, even when in the 1990s they came out with the national, uh, what was it, at NIH, the uh, Office of Alternative Medicine, which eventually became NCCAM, 
which was corrupted shortly after it became into existence because it was it was outrageous that they didn't invest any money in holistic ideal ideologies or thoughts about causes of cancer and cures. And once they finally did that, they there was enough squeaking in Congress. Uh, they put it together and it got corrupted almost immediately. And and over the course of, of airing this show and the, uh, through from 1999 forward, covering stories like Dr. Nicholas Gonzalez, one of my dearest friends in this lifetime, who's also no longer with us, talking about the, the corruption within the NIH, studying his therapy that he worked with, uh, with others that had come before him to bring about a cure for pancreatic cancer that didn't involve chemotherapy, radiation, or surgery. Success, success, success. But when NIH took it over to, or, or said, we're going we're gonna to look at this at NYU, we're going to study it and give it a fair shake, they took the criminals from the Uganda HivNet trial that utilized uh, nevirapine, a toxic drug that was supposed to reduce mother-to-child transmission of HIV, which doesn't even cause AIDS, and it ended up killing mothers and babies. It was a slaughter in Uganda. And rather than putting these people in jail that engaged in the slaughter in Uganda, the HIMNET trial, they reassigned those people at NIH to oversee Dr. Nicholas Gonzalez's trials on pancreatic cancer through his nutrient and enzyme therapies. So if you are still naive enough to believe that our government and people in it are invested in finding the actual cause of cancer, much less its cure, then you are unfortunately on heavy medication or just plain diluted and maybe cannot be reached. Maybe you're a skeptic, like those uh, coming to the rescue of Peter Hotez, who doesn't want to debate Bobby Kennedy, even though he could just show up and get 2.62 million, that's the latest number, uh, for the charity of his choice. He'd be a hero among those that believe and love vaccines. Will he do it? We'll talk about that later. Anyway, so the rise of cancer in children and young people. If you do the same thing you've always done and expect a different result, you're a moron a medical moron. And it's time to acknowledge that, wake up and go, you know what? The government is not going to invest in because it's captured by those that profit from the treatment, management, and even creating of cancer. And one of the primary ways to do that in children is increase the vaccine schedule. Yeah. And we'll talk about that. We've got some clips of Hotez later, extraordinarily going, there's never going to be enough jabs to stop this madness. And it's the madness of the jabs themselves that's causing people like Hotez to go crazy. If I can say that from a non-psychiatrist perspective, I mean, how crazy does it have to be to keep defending these things that are obviously causing death, destruction, mayhem, suffering, destruction of the immune system? Oh, well, what is the immune system? We were told in COVID that there's no such thing as an immune system. Natural immunity isn't real. Anybody who says it's a conspiracy theorist. You see what we're dealing with here? And they don't want to engage with us because we're a bunch of cranks, conspiracy theorists. Actually, we analyze the medical literature, the peer-reviewed literature, and present it, and they deny that it exists. They don't even know because they won't read the things that show what they're doing is propaganda. And that propaganda to control the public, their efficiency at doing so, their success at doing so is diminishing by the day. That's a good thing, but it's taken a lot of loss of life to get here. I don't know how many more people are going to have to lose their lives unnecessarily due to the medical industrial complex known as the Church of Pharmaceutical Mysticism, Pharmacia, and Sorcery. If you're ready to break through, you're here with me today on the Robert Scott Bell Show and maybe every day or six days a week anyway. Love that you're here. Thank you for being here. And with that, we're going to bring on our first-time guest, 
a great new friend of the program from the Neuro Clinic. Uh, we've got Dr. Kenneth Oliver, chiropractic neurologist. Uh, again, one of the smartest dudes you'll ever meet. Very researched. I mean, going through things that, you know, you, you're not required to do a fraction of what he's done as a doctor of chiropractic. And that's not to diminish anybody who is a doctor of chiropractic. I'm not saying that. But he had a need and desire to go further into neurology. Uh, and I'm grateful to have him on in the snow of his own office we were talking about this because y'all don't worry about the camera. Apparently there was some, uh, what, what do you call drywall work? And that dust is so fine. You can't even clean it off. of the. You lens. know, the funny thing is from your ad reads and stuff, yeah. it's, it's because we're installing an echo hydrogen water unit. That's what it's oh, from. Isn't that so, funny? There you go. Yes. Our buddy, Paul Bertiero and the echo water, they're putting it in which they're doing an install where they're cutting through the drywall and everything. So that's what created all the dust, but that's very worthwhile. Dr. Kenneth Oliver, grateful for you. Grateful for you being here. And uh, again, we got a lot to talk about, my friend. There's a yeah. lot. To well, thank you so much for having me. I love your show. Your message is pure. It's true. And so it's, it's an honor for me to, to be here with you. So I appreciate it. Absolutely. Now, uh, many of us kind of get the concept of, of, you know, what it is to be a chiropractor. I know that the first two years of doctors of chiropractic school, you basically go through medical school. It's the, it's the same thing. Right. Then it's, you know, then it's divergent. Instead of going into pathology, you're actually looking at how do we help the body to heal? How do we tap into innate intelligence? And also the nervous system is a big part of the discussion and the, uh, the, the curricula. But you went so far beyond it. There's a fraction of all the chiropractors in the world have done what you've done. Correct. Um, my mind was blown my, my freshman first quarter year, freshman year of chiropractic school. when one of my instructors was teaching spinal anatomy and he would cover, you know, 30 minutes of material that needed to be covered for our board exams so that we could pass them with flying colors. And the rest of the time we were talking clinical studies, case studies, movement disorders, uh, vertigo, neuropathy, everything neurology, because, you know, we, as we know, the nervous system controls every function in the human body. And my jaw hit the floor and I knew that that was my calling. That's what I had to do was to learn as much as possible about that system so I could help as many pe people as possible. So you went well beyond uh, your chiropractic training, beyond after you graduated, became a doctor of chiropractic, continued digging deep into it and getting some, I think, board certifications in certain right. areas that very few do and learning the things many allopaths do about the nervous yeah. system, although they have often a different method of addressing the symptoms associated with aberrant neurology. In terms of drugging, that's not your goal and role. I know that you work with the, uh, the holistic thought form. You understand the vitalistic view of the body and you understand neural pathways and how to reconstruct them through uh, practicing, uh, I don't know, different techniques to kind of re, re, repathway for better ways. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I would say it's adhering to principles, very sound principles of neuroplasticity, which mm -hmm. is a term in neuroscience that's been around since about the 1950s. And my, my, quick elevator kind of spiel or pitch about what I do is within my scope of practice as a chiropractor, even if I wanted to, I couldn't prescribe medications or do surgery. And so I'm forced in a way to think outside the box and adhere to those principles of neuroplasticity to really figure out, because as human beings, we're sensory driven, what can I expose a patient to? Talking about epigenetics, I love that message that you hit on there. Um, can I stimulate a certain sensory pathway in order to reach a different part of the brain to essentially take these parts of the brain to the gym and work them out? 
And so if, if we get it right and we know what therapies we're applying and we do it correctly, we can create positive neuroplastic change that can make a huge effect in many different conditions, post-concussion, vertigo, neuropathy, headaches, neurobehavioral disorders in kids. Mm -hmm. um, and it runs the gamut. If you can think of any, really any condition that's neurologically based, we've been trained to address it without using drugs and surgery. Dr. Kenneth Oliver, I got to imagine that the bulk of your patient population comes to you after having exhausted almost all allopathic options that they had, including allopathic neurologists. Yeah. And they're coming to you. So you're not getting the easiest stuff. You're getting the stuff that the doctors don't even know what to do. Or the patient said, look, I tried everything the doctors threw at me and nothing. I'm still suffering. And, you know, that's like you're engaged in one of the most challenging uh, aspects of healing, if you will that ever existed in terms of the, the brain nervous system and all the injuries and uh, traumas and, and PTSDs of the world. And there's plenty of it. Uh, so uh, how often do you get a patient that's like never been to neurologist says, I want to come to you. I got a nervous thing. Is that the, the exception rather than the rule? <laughs> that is definitely the exception. And uh, at first, before I say anything else, I will be the first to admit that I am a clinician that runs in a practice and we call it practice for a reason because I'm not perfect. I don't always get it right. But the bulk of my patients, as you stated, have been everywhere. If it's the Mayo Clinic or the U of U, you know, concussion center or wherever, I very often hear, I've been everywhere. I've tried everything. This is it. Like, you got to fix me. And yes, it's stressful. It's putting a little gray on my hair. Uh, but uh, I take it as a challenge. It's really fun. And I think patients that when they come and see me, they, they realize very quickly that I love doing this. And the, the more challenging a case you can bring me, uh, the more fun I'm going to have uh, because I really, really, really push for results. That's what I love seeing. So, yeah, you are definitely engaged. There's a lot of uh, uh, tests and analysis, non-invasive, by the way, to, uh, you know, you can get results and say, hey, these are the things that uh, we can see clinically. Clearly, there are pathways that are corrupted. Um, and you know, none of that necessarily results in, oh, you need an anti-inflammatory drug, even if inflammation plays a role in a lot of these things. I acknowledge that. Uh, but there are other ways to address neural inflammation as well. And, uh, you know, you work with a supplemental uh, support. You yep. all mentioned the herbal kingdom, for instance, the plant medicinals of creation as a part of uh, the adjunct therapy. But a lot of what I've witnessed so far of what you do is about um, – working these pathways that have been corrupted and, and opening up new pathways, healing, you know, th things that they say, well, well, the brain, you really can't do much about it once the, and you're like, no, you, you have the ability through neuroplasticity and understanding it and applying the techniques to rewire people, if you will, or have them rewire themselves. Yep. hundred percent. As you stated that the diagnostic testing is fairly unique. There's a time and a place for uh, specialized testing like, needle EMGs or NCVs. If I want to send a patient out for an MRI, we can do that or a CT scan. The basis of what we do is, is based off of very live action functional tests in the form of saccadometry, which measures fast eye movements. And we, we get a good read on how well that brainstem is communicating with that frontal lobe to get your eyes moving quickly in certain directions. And computerized posturography, we're running video nystemography, which is common in the medical world of ENT. Um, but we just use these tools different because we're trying to step back and look at a big picture and say, okay, if we can get real time objective data that shows us what's working really well and certain areas that are not working well, then, Hey, Hey, maybe if I get a really depressed patient in, we can give them some exercises that address frontal lobe 
and maybe consider putting them on TMS therapy or running photobiomodulation through their brain. So you can make an intimate, intimate effect and a profound impact on the central nervous system in a variety of different ways. Are there uh, uh, timeframes involved? I mean, many times people are coming to you with a lifelong challenge or lifelong challenges that have never been remedied. Uh, so, you know, can people expect to see changes in a week or two or do you say, you know, a month or two or is it, again, completely yeah. unique to each patient coming to get to see you first? Um, I would agree with that statement. Yes, yeah, completely unique to each individual patient because there's I always tell people with head injuries, for example, because that's a big bulk of my, my practice is there's no two head injuries that are exactly the same. So there's no cookie cutter approach at doing this. But and, and another thing I wanted to add as well is. This is not just for chiropractic. This is an approach in holistic treatment of the central nervous system. And so this, if you're a PT, naturopath, DO, MD, you can learn how to do this and apply it in uh, principled practice. And the way that I learned how to do this is from brilliant mentors of mine, Dr. Ted Carrick, Brandon Brock, Datis Karazian. I've had the opportunity to actually sit and watch them work. And Dr. Carrick, for example, who get patients that fly in from all over the world but and he runs intensives with them so i've seen cervical dystonia uh, i mean you name it severe traumatic brain injuries from very severe auto accidents in a matter of three days doing intensive work you know starting work on a monday and come thursday we're already seeing breakthroughs in a lot of these patients it's incredible how fast this can actually take place so even chronic diseases lifelong things I personally put people on a, a more expanded schedule because they live around here and they, they're busy and they have things to do. But typically in about six weeks, um, we're seeing some things change. And I, I have to be honest and say that, you know, I don't want to waste anyone's time. I don't want to waste their money. So if this is going to work for you, even if you've had X, Y, or Z going on for 10 years, this is going to work very quickly. And we're going to find out quickly. And it allows us to be honest about our approach and what we're doing to, nice. to help. Very nice. All right. One of the most common questions we get here from uh, from time to time, it's not every day, but just inevitably, invariably, we're going to get this question. It's about the mystery of tinnitus or tinnitus. Oh, yes. And, and, and there are certain homeopathic remedies that will work sometimes. There are certain things that will work sometimes. It's like it's one of those things that is not consistently, every time I see this case, it works when I do this. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, 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 and with your intense knowledge of neurology and, and the things you've done, I'm sure you've had one or two cases come to you. And I, maybe you can give us that broader view and things that have worked and just kind of give people some options. Yeah, absolutely. So understanding the pathology of tinnitus for, for a few years now, I've been on the professional board of advisors for the Epilepsy Association here in Utah. And they bring me on to, you know, to give the alternative or holistic perspective and what could be done to inhibit seizure activity. And that's how you should think of uh, tinnitus or tinnitus interchangeable. doesn't matter how you say it. Mm -hmm. It's depolarizing neurons in the temporal lobe, or in other words, these neurons are firing when they're not supposed to, and it's generating an auditory perception. So this sound that you're hearing in your head is oftentimes because your brain is just having a party and it's firing when it's not supposed to. So it's excess excitation, and the goal is to try to inhibit the excitation or um, in other words, well, I guess I could say this too. This is a very common pathology seen in head injuries because one thing we know about concussion and the shearing forces that affect the central nervous system is it, it creates a, a soup essentially that decreases the, the metabolic threshold of the action potential. 
So when the action potential, or in other words, the way that the neuron fires is supposed to do its thing at negative 70 millivolts, well, if if that threshold is shrunk down to 10, these neurons are going to, they're going to blow, right? And, that, and that's that's what causes the uh, symptom, symptoms of like chronic fatigue. Mm-hmm. So in a nutshell, tinnitus is your temporal lobe going crazy when it shouldn't be. And so a couple tips, and I think we've maybe touched on this last week when we, when we met in the, mm-hmm. last week, but the, um, the goal really is to, there's a couple things you can do. So I'll try to make this quick. Sure. You can listen to the frequencies that are actually being generated inside your head. So me, for example, I was a little irresponsible when I was younger out in the lava fields with my cousins shooting firearms and I didn't have ear protection on. So I have this, this very subtle, humming at about 3000 Hertz. And there's an app that you can download. It's called tone generator. It's free. Mm. And if you download tone generator, what the goal is, is you try to match the pitch of the ringing that's in your head. So if you can match the pitch, you can actually listen to the sound of the frequency that your brain is generating. And oftentimes what we find, and again, this is one of those things where it either is going to work for you or it won't. Um, you listen to the pitch and try to match the pitch. And then over time you vary away from the pitch above and below and you're actually listening. So we're using um, sensory neural hearing in that aspect to satisfy the brain's need for that frequency. So that's one tip. Another I, I one, by the way, people yeah. that have, have found that tone externally that they could train their brain to kind of ignore it or, or their interpretation of it, where it's on some level, it, it no longer disturbs them. Right. Yeah, it's a a way to suppress. It's a suppressive type therapy. Right. But not Um, toxic and harmful in terms of a drug therapy. Exactly. It's sensory based. Right. You get to listen to something. You don't have to take anything. It's great. Sure. And I acknowledge, too, that there are various manifestations or expressions of this thing that we're talking about that some are mild and just a little annoying to others that will end their lives. It's so invasive how they cannot escape it. Like my friend Liam Sheff. Uh, that happened to him uh, due to dental injury, dental extract, the different things from the dentistry that, that happened to him. But um, so I, I'm not taking this lightly and, and I know not encouraging anybody to do so. Although uh, in many ways, I also like to remind people that if you work in a deeply spiritual sense, contemplate, meditate, prayerful time, you can get quiet. You can often hear sounds that you don't hear that are not physical that I perceive to be the voice of spirit. And so I'm not meaning to diminish that as one interpretation that might not be a pathological explanation for a sound like that. But in the case where it is dis- disruptive and disturbing to the point of, I got to do something about it, I want, you know, uh, Dr. Kenneth Oliver to help you out if you can. So go ahead. No, I, I'm, I'm grateful you brought that up because, um, I, again, just to echo what you said, not to minimize this, for me personally and for a lot of other people that experience this, it's an annoyance. But it does get to the point with some folks where it's I've had people look me right in the eyes and tell me, hey, if we don't fix this, I, I will I will kill myself. And there was one such case where we took a more aggressive approach because the TMS or the transcranial magnetic stimulation device that we use actually has a protocol for tinnitus. And that's what the guy looked me in the eye, told me this is going to happen if, if we don't fix this. So we got really aggressive and put him right on the TMS protocols for tinnitus. And that, that worked like a charm for him. Wow. Um, yeah. So there's there's also cold, le- cold laser or low-level laser frequencies and protocols that we use. Again, just touching on the photobiomodulation. And it's 
it's literally in the book tinnitus so we can go in and actually do something in that regard um but yeah that's in terms of uh the the laser cold laser therapy uh i and thanks super don for finding that that website and if you if you don't mind you can actually show it up on screen super d that uh tone generator thing um, it's a tool now I didn't know we had or access to that seems to be free and available for anybody. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I just share that. But in terms of other therapies, here it is, uh, online tone generator, it looks like. And Superdon, I put it up there in the uh, uh, chat room as well. But maybe we could add that to the show notes as, as an option as well. Uh, you have a lot of uh, technology there, uh, including electrostim and cold laser therapy and different things like that. Um, I, many years ago, I was introduced to cold laser uh, with, I had a frozen shoulder after an injury that I couldn't recover. And I was like, dude, am I gonna have to go to the surgeon? And I, that's the last thing I wanted to do. Went with a buddy of mine. I went to a, a chiropractic convention of all places. <laughs> and one of the booths there had this cold laser. He says, all right, let me come in here and give you 10 minutes treatment. And I'm not kidding you. I, I couldn't lift. If you can see my left arm here in the video version of this, maybe that much. And after the first session, I was able to go up like about that high. I did, I think one more session. It was that quick. Uh, how the cold laser could impact physical tissue. It didn't feel, I didn't have a sensation of heat. Now, this was at least 15 years ago. I'm sure the technology has advanced even beyond that. What can you tell me about uh, cold laser type therapies and the nervous system, neurology, whether it relates to tinnitus and other things, I don't know, but tell me a little bit about that as an option. Right. So the simple, uh, kind of simple science behind low-level laser therapy and how it works is the frequencies when you're using infrared frequencies. And I'm, I'm, there are way many, there's many, many other doctors that are, that are very professional when it comes to, you know, teaching about this. But I, what I could say in a simple way is those frequencies are phenomenal at stimulating the mitochondria to produce more ATP or adenosine triphosphate is what your cells need for energy. And that's why they call the mitochondria, the powerhouse of the cell. So if you have compromise to tissue, whether it's a sprain strain, a concussive force to the brain or frozen shoulder or whatever it might be. The effort is to stimulate the cells so that they can thrive basically. And so, I mean, the, there's protocols that range from A to Z with, with all of this stuff. And then if you, a fun tool that I like to use is pubmed.gov, even though it's a .gov website, you, you know, take it for what it's worth. Yes. But uh, uh, you can do topical searches. And if you hop on PubMed and just punch in low level laser therapy, you can find probably 8,000 plus articles on how it's being studied, how it's being used. It's phenomenal. Um, there's a couple contraindications to it, you know, speaking on the theme of cancer, where mm -hmm. because it makes cells efficient, you don't want to make cancer cells more efficient. So there are some precautionary steps to take in in uh, thinking about, you know, utilizing that as a therapy, but it has been a game changer in our practice. We have, we have two lasers now that we use that are, that are fantastic. Yeah. Well, excellent. Now, for those of you who want to check out Dr. Kenneth Oliver, we have in the show notes links to his website. It's called the neuro N E U R O clinic.org. It's very easy to find the neuroclinic.org. I'm sure people travel from all over to come see you because you have a Unique, again, backstory, background experience, and, of course, being into, whole, I would call it more holistic neurology, right. you know, chiropractic neurology, uh, it, it for many people that have been down traditional allopathic neurology and are still suffering, this is an option. How many other doctors of chiropractic do you know that have gone the level of, of intense ed ed education and certification in this arena ha have, you, have you met? 
I think at the time that I graduated from from graduate school in chiropractic school and I became a board certified diplomate in the American Chiropractic Neurology Board, which was back in 2013 at the time, I believe there was only about 400 in the in all of the United States. And we have some international as well. But even right now, currently, as it stands in the state of Utah, there's just only three of us. Um, if you get to a spot like in, you're in the Bay Area, you're going to have more options. There's 20. Well, they need it in the Bay Area big time. Right. Uh, just look at what's going on around. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I guess I will add this as well. Maybe we could put this on the show notes, too. They're, the regulating board for for what we do is in neurology is the American Chiropractic Neurology Board. So it's ACNB.org. It actually has a doctor locator feature on there. So if you're listening to this from, you know, wherever, wherever, you can hop on that site and find someone in your neck of the woods. Now, I do get a lot of people that will watch a show like this. And again, thank you for having me Mm -hmm. that will fly out here from Florida, from from Nebraska, from British Columbia. And they they come and they do intensive therapy with us. And and uh, usually that's about a two week uh, uh, span of time that we really focus on what it is that we're trying to accomplish uh, but yeah, there's, there's more, more likely than not someone in your area that you could find. Excellent. Excellent. Now, what is the website again, where they can have a locator? It's acnb.org. Nb.org. Okay. American okay. Chiropractic Neurology Board, ACNB. Okay. Thanks. Now uh, on to another uh, initialed acronym kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. PTSD. Right. I, I think arguably everybody has it. Mm-hmm. various degrees. Uh, and it isn't just about being in a theater of war overtly, you know, in a war zone coming back with it, but any number of emotional traumas, abuse in childhood and, or many young people coming through the fear that was induced or adults as well in the last few years of COVID. Uh, and, and so we're walking around almost, we're all wounded in the nervous system pathways to some degree unless we have, you know, top of the line practices to, to navigate that and, and dissipate those energies that could end up being a pathology, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, basic uh, skill set to deal with PTSD. I mean, I know there are a variety of intensities, again, just like we talked about tonight is, uh, but any perspectives that you can share on what you're seeing in your patient population? Absolutely. Uh, one thing I, I beg and I do have sympathy because I've, I've had my own stressful events in my life that have brought on anxieties and depression and things like that. So I, I, my heart is there with you, anyone that's going through uh, PTSD. Um, but the other thing I always ask my patients is, hey, tell me every stressful event that you've ever experienced in your life, <laughs> right? And, and we look at these scenarios and I, 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 at moments, almost get down on my hands and knees and beg my patients to get into meditative practices to spirituality, however, whatever form that is for you, because that is the underlying tool that is just so desperately needed for us to be able to tap into the innate power that we truly do have to gather the strength and the gumption to, to, to go, to say, okay, I'm going to fix myself. And I think that that's a very big place to start is meditate, pray, get spiritual, um, because if you don't have that, it's you're kicking against uh, against the pricks. Basically, mm-hmm. I have lots of. You know, I was just going to say real quick. I have lots of tools. We could do TMS. We can do Alpha Stim. We could right. do RPSS. But we could do all these things. But if you cannot tap into that, it will be very hard to overcome PTSD. Do you still have patients come to you that have no clue about diet? Where they're oh, yeah. a pro high inflammatory diet, don't know about essential fats, CBD, or 
uh, maybe gluten and its role in creating problems of the nervous system. Talk to me about the dietary interaction. Absolutely. There's an article that was released years ago, and I just I remember it because it's short, sweet, simple to the point. But it's an inflamed brain is a depressed brain. So when it comes to mental health, it, that is huge. And I ask every single patient to run me through their dietary practices. What are you doing? What are you eating every day? Because if it's revealed in day one when we're doing an initial history that this person is just fueling an inflammatory cascade that affects the brain, of course, they're going to experience brain fog. Of course, they're going to be dis- depressed or anxious. Or So yes, diet is huge. And that's why I have a big portion of my practice is working in functional medicine and, and diet, uh, that that's huge. Yeah. So the basics are being in, encountered when they're coming to you. And that's the thing, what I think about holistic, even though it's spelled with H O L, which is considered, right. a whole, uh, you know, and then some have tried to play it up at W H O L. It doesn't look right, but the idea of, of, you know, looking at the whole person, everything, all the things that could have impact right. in manifesting whatever it is they, they, they bring to you, if you will. And then that they're asking, I need help doc. Uh, so it's not one thing. It's not like the, 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 the analogy of if you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. If you were a, a neurologist of the MD variety, unfortunately, a lot of things that you do with drugging people mm-hmm. it does not address the underlying condition. In fact, it could make it worse by covering it up. And that's not to say there's never a place for a medication. I've never said that, although by and large, if we knew what the kind of things you know as a neurologist, uh, we might resort to those drugs in a fraction of the cases that they're pretty much standardized in, in MD neurology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was floored the other day because most of the time when I have, I hear patients experience of, of, of going through the route of compartmentalized or medical neurology, it's, it's a, they're nightmare scenarios where it's like, okay, I was diagnosed with X. Well, okay. what they give you? Gabapentin, whatever. Really refreshing the other day to get a, uh, a lab request, a special order, from a medical neurologist that was actually digging into some of these things for a patient of ours that has migraine head pain, young guy in his twenties, but he gets 10 out of 10 head pain every single day. So they ran an MR and find some lesions or signs of demyelination. Mm -hmm. And instead of just putting this kid on a drug, this medical neurologist is actually digging into what I love doing and the holistic approach and not compartmentalizing and looking at APQ4, which is a marker for, um, neuromyelitis optica, which is a differential from MS, right? So we're trying to find some answers and I'm actually looking forward to working with this medical neurologist and co-managing this case because I think everybody working together, we're on to something. Um, but, but yes, it's, it's really frustrating to have the, in here, the patients say, um, yeah, I went and saw my neurologist. He met with me for five minutes and then gave me a script for gabapentin. And I'm like, did they even do an exam? And that breaks my heart because the, one of the most important things in this approach in functional neurology or actually understanding neurological pathology is performing an exam. Like you have to at least start there. Um, so. So do people come to you for those migraines, head pain like that? Is yeah, that- I, I, I'll be honest. I, I tell every patient that comes in with headaches, it's not my favorite thing to treat because there's so many different things that can cause the head sure. pain. But when we get it and we get it right and the headaches go away, there's nothing more refreshing than that. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Hyd- hydrogen water I yep. believe, is amazing. You know, proper hydration and anti-inflammatory capacity of water when you have hydrogen dissolved in it. Uh, check out the Echo Water if you haven't already. Superdon, I think, put up a banner for that. Uh, also, uh, you know, speaking of Superdon, my producer, 
you know, he had, he was out every, what, four to six weeks back in the day, Super D. I don't know how frequent it was because it's been so many years now, which is wonderful to say that. Uh, he would be knocked out with, you know, all of the classic symptoms of migraine, including yeah. you know, the, the nausea, the nerve, the, 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 the room could spin. And of course, the incredible pain. You remember Super D. You don't forget that. Uh, how often was that happening for you, do you back in the day? Do you remember? Uh, you, you're talking about the, the, the kind that would completely take me out? Yeah, yeah. It was at, at least once a month. I would say, you know, on a good month, it was once, maybe twice. Right. But, but I experienced some, some level of, of a migraine, um, usually about every week. Fairly frequently. And yeah, I think part of the, the taking you out of the worst of it sometimes, I remember, you know, the CBD, when we were introduced to CBD, that was helpful. Some. Mm-hmm. I was uh, good with entreating it. Right. Yeah. But when we encountered our friend John Hewlett, I don't know if you've met John yet, but from Cardio Miracle, uh, he, he had sent this, of course, nitric oxide. Su- it's not a supplement with nitric oxide. It facilitates your endogenous production. Uh, it's a food uh, that, you know, months into it, Super D looks around and goes, hey, I haven't been down with a migraine. What's going on? What have I changed? And it was a vascular issue is what our, I'm arguing here again. Even though as we look at the neurology of the pain and all the symptoms, the, the, the enhancement of vascular flow was enough in Super Don's case to go, migraine's gone. It's amazing. Yeah, it was pretty incredible. Yeah, that's one. That's one thing I tell people when we're doing our diagnostics because we do get a good read and an insight into the autonomic systems, which mm-hmm. is those are the parts of the brain that run on autopilot. That includes circulation. So yeah, I'm huge. I'm big on nitric oxide supports, improving circulation. Magnesium is another huge one. This uh, specifically glycinate. I love using glycinate for headaches. Um, yeah, some, some good stuff. Nice. Well, I, I bring that up because, again, this is a complex discussion with various pathways involved that end up affecting the nervous system, of course. And some would say it starts with the nervous system, but I would argue that it can go in either direction. And, you know, in many cases, we talk about the chiropractic model of innate intelligence, removing neural interference through adjustments, talking mm-hmm. about subluxation now in the, in the baseline of, of chiropractic. How many people have come to you with back pain that have even been through the allopathic orthopedic type surgeries of the back, which the peer reviewed medical literature says it's not a good process or program to do that, but people do yeah. it anyway. Uh, and then they come to you and go, uh, that didn't work. So back pain associated with uh, spinal issues that have been treated allopathically before they see you. Right. And, and thankfully I'm, I'm hearing more and more that the surgeons are open and honest with their patients and saying, Hey, the literature shows this is, it's a coin flip. We don't know how this is going to turn out, but Pain is a perception. There's a picture I have out on my wall that, that shows how the brain helps integrate nociceptive or C-fiber input into the brain. Is it a problem with the amygdala? Is it thalamic? Is it nucleus accumbens? Because all these parts of the brain, the prefrontal cortex, can play a role in the management of pain. So if you've done X, Y, and Z, even in the world of chiropractic, and you go and you get adjusted, 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 the pain's not going away, well, guess what? It's highly likely that now this pain has become centralized and it's become a perception. So no, I, I never tell my patients that you're making it up when I say it's all in your head. Yeah. But literally, it can be in your head because your brain now accepts this as a new normal. And so breaking those patterns, again, adhering to those principles of neuroplasticity and breaking those bad patterns is a major goal with chronic pain. But I would lump chronic pain in the same way I would with migraines. It's not my favorite thing to treat, but 
because it's a challenge. It's hard, but I, I love it. I embrace it. Diana had migraines every month, she says, and after a celiac diagnosis, removing gluten, they went away. Look at that. Yeah, that's one, I was going to add one more thing. It's something that's very common. If I feel like I'm hitting a roadblock and we've, we're trying this or we're trying this and it's just not working, I will send my patients out to get diagnostic blood tests done that actually um, they take your blood and I won't say the company, uh, but they take your blood. They match it with a protein in, in food and they can actually do cooked versus uncooked foods. It's a very, very, very comprehensive food panel. Wow. And those will flag back. I get patients with migraines that find they have like 15 foods that they thought were healthy that for them were absolutely not. Hmm. And so then we just go on elimination. Hey, guess what? Two weeks down the road, the migraines are gone. Fantastic. All right, Dr. Kenneth Oliver, I got one more uh, topic with you before okay. I wrap up here a few minutes. The Defender has an article here uh, on uh, Big Tech News. Federal judge rules in favor of parents seeking to prevent T-Mobile from activating cell tower on school roof. Now we bring up fifth generation uh, wireless technologies and beyond, putting them on schools, outside of schools, the impact of wireless radiation in your in your home, impact on your neurology, impact on any of the things we've discussed here. How, how much have you seen that? is something you can address and say, hey, how about unplugging your router or finding other ways to remediate? Yeah, I mean, again, that's not my specialty, but I, I sure have had to dig into a little bit of this. And it's uh, this is frightening. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Is 5G not just sub certain subsets right below microwave levels of radiation? Yeah, there are elements of relationship there. And in fifth generation, it doesn't mean one thing. When people say 5G, they, it, it's a lump of things that it could be. Right. But suffice it to say, with these cell towers right outside, uh, man, there are a lot of problems that they don't link in the allopathic school, uh, you know, because it's invisible. It's not real. Y'all are making that up. It's like, how are we not subject to electrical signals and impulses when the nervous system is all about electrical that, that's, signals. That's how the nervous system operates. So, yeah. you, so you, you want to put yourself in a microwave, go for it. These technologies are, are very, uh, they're very frightening. The nervous system is electricity. And so, you know, when, and, and speaking to, again, part of Bobby Kennedy's interview with Joe Rogan, he, he touched on this briefly, but, you know, and you asked the question, why are these cancers showing up? You know, why is this stuff happening? Um, I'm a big fan, you know, in conferences like the one you and I were at just a, a little bit ago at Be Healthy Utah, when you're getting these groups that are saying, hey, we want to do as much as we can to block uh, e EMF you know, yeah. frequencies. And so I would look out for that and see what kind of help you can get around your homes, putting on your devices, avoiding sure. the towers. But the fact that they're putting these on and around in schools is is not good for our children. No, we got to find ways to protect. And remember, a lot of my interest in this subject uh, came about reading The Body Electric by Dr. Robert Becker, realizing, again, we are electrical beings. And, you know, this physical body, it's not running on chemistry, even though we know that it plays a role. But the electrical signaling, uh, if it's interfered with in any way, shape, or form, mm -hmm. or hyperstimulated, on and on, and it could be done through chemistry, uh, it, it creates all kinds of manifestations that uh, are not drug deficiencies. And so looking at this uh, question, as we have a minute left with you, uh, do you have room for other people to come see you? Or are you loaded up and you can't keep up with everything you got? What's going on? Yeah, I, I value my sanity. And so for very specific reasons, I keep my schedule as, as honestly as light as possible because I want to make it possible to get someone in that needs the help within, I would say, reasonably about a two to three week wait period. So you're not going to have to wait three to six months to, to come in and, and see us here. And 
a lot of the work because I'm, I'm telling patients every time they come in, I want to get you better so fast that you go out and then mm -hmm. you fill your spot where you were coming in to get treated with someone else. Someone exactly. new. So it's very revolving door. I'm not looking mm -hmm. to create patients for life. I want to help you as fast as I can, mm -hmm. as effectively as I can. We can get you in. Just give us a call. All right, Dr. Kenneth Oliver, theneuroclinic.org. Check it out. Linked up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. So good to see you, Ken. And, and again, I look forward to having you on again and talking about these issues. And I hope it was helpful for those of you to hear some of the things he had to say. So, Dr. Oliver, thank you, my friend. Anytime. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. There's a guy that's bringing the power to heal back where it belongs with each and every one of you. We're going to be joined uh, by our simulcast on brightend.tv momentarily for hour two. Here we go. All right. Welcome one and all. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show, cranking it up for health, freedom and healing liberty. Two hours a day, five days a week and an additional hour on Sunday. That's what we do. Uh, and right now, the second hour of our Monday show, simulcast on brighton.tv. If you missed the first hour, we had uh, chiropractic neurologist, Dr. Kenneth Oliver. Great, fascinating discussion, including tinnitus, PTSD and more and what to do about it. We've got a lot more to do this hour. I'm sure you want to hear about the the challenge, the gauntlet that Joe Rogan threw down at Peter Hotez. Come on. Let's I'll put up a hundred grand of my own money to get you to come in and debate Bobby Kennedy. He's like, no, no, no. Now the, the pot has been sweetened with others up to $2.6 million. Is that right? We're going to see if that's gone up since uh, we first started airing this information, but we've got a lot to say about the skeptics of the world and their unwillingness to engage in rational discussion, debate, even argument on a one-to-one -one or two-to-two -two or whatever basis here on the Robert Scott Bell show where the power to heal is yours. All right, we got lots to do this hour. Thank you for being here, robertscottbell.com. Sign up for newsletter. We got the upcoming event this Saturday, the 24th. There's a lot of events going on, but I'm going to be at the uh, the event in Loveland, Loveland, Colorado, Saturday, June 24th, and it's linked up in the upcoming events tab at robertscottbell.com. Just click on the upcoming events tab. You'll see all the stuff coming up, and there's loads more than I can even mention right now, including the Red Pill Expo in August in Des Moines, Iowa with G. Edward Griffin and more. Uh, this hour, we're going to primarily focus on uh, the uh, Peter Hotez at this point, thus far, refusing to engage in any uh, rational debate, congenial, cordial debate discussion with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. on Joe Rogan's platform, which reaches far more than just about any platform on the planet as far as eyes going to that either while it's live or after the fact in terms of sheer numbers. I don't think that any of the mainstream news organizations, 24-7 or evening news, get anywhere close to the kind of views that uh, Joe Rogan gets. And uh, we've we've covered some things when Hotez was on before, and we'll, we'll have some older uh, video clips to show you to show that history. And that's part of what we'll do this hour. It's astonishing. Um, but one of the things that I've been doing on this show since I opened up the microphone in 1999 when it was called Jumpstart Your Health, long before there were podcasts, uh, in radio and then going into syndicated radio was the, you know, the, the, the third rail of um, uh, medical politics was vaccination. And there are many, what we call Johnny come lately's that are now going all in on like, Oh yeah, the vaccine's a problem. 
Um, I had a, a friend uh, uh, tweet to me uh, something that she put out there about that. She's like very annoyed at this point. It's like, what about all the people that had been speaking up before it was cool, before Joe Rogan st- talked about it this way, before Joe Rogan acknowledged it? So the question is, how many of, and I don't know in this audience, you've been with me for many of you for a long time, but there are those that are new, and I'm not going to uh, yell at you for not knowing about the show for years and years and years as I joke, still the best kept secret in health talk media. Uh, yet there is a protection factor before you could hear the message that I deliver. You have to be ready. Why? I believe it. I perceive that it's a little bit different, even though there are others talking about natural health and natural medicine and all of these things. Um, you know, my goal and role, if you will, as a homeopath, much less as a host of this show is to remind you of your divinity. Like, wait a second, what, now you're going to be a preacher? Yeah, I'm a bit of a preacher a little bit, you know it. Uh, It's the Church of Pharmaceutical Mysticism that I have to counter. Why not have a healing ministry? And I perceive and believe this to be non-denominational. Everybody's welcome, whatever religion you are. When you get here, I'm not trying to change it when you leave. It's about inspiring you to your relationship with the divine, with your creator, with God. And that is the source of all the wisdom. That is the source of all the healing. Now, that means it can direct you when you're open to the communication to those various pathways, substances, energies, whatever, that open you up to the healing or uh, open you up to prevent the assault that results in things that you then need to be healed from, for instance. Number one on that list, vaccines. Vaccinology. The Church of Pharmaceutical Mysticism, their sub, uh, what do you call it, denomination? because I believe it's a cult. It, you, why is it a cult? Because you're not allowed to question the dogma. Now, some people say, well, in, in religion, religion, all religions are cult because you're not allowed to question the dogma. Well, I would say, um, at least in the tradition I grew up in, in Judaism, there was a lot of argument over dogma. And it was not, disca- dis- it wasn't like, oh, well, you, you're questioning the dogma, you're out of here. We didn't cancel you. That's my, my memory of it. It was like, yeah, engage. Everybody's got to figure that thing out. And that's okay. But in the Church of Pharmaceutical Mysticism, particularly the denomination of vaccinology, this, the sacrament in that church, they sacrifice children, the sacrament. It's vaccines. It's the needle. It's injections. From the moment you're born in a hospital in America, if you don't know better to say, no, stop, don't even come near my child with that thing, they'll inject you with the hepatitis B vaccine. As if your child's going to sneak out of the delivery room and get a tattoo with a dirty needle or do other weird things. It's absurd. And they don't even have an immune system to react to the antigens that supposedly stimulate antibodies to hep B, as they call it. So there's a lot of layers of absurdity that I call out, even though, no, I'm not a medical doctor. Don't pretend to be one. I'm not a PhD. Don't pretend to have one. But I would call it critical thinking. I would call it a common sense that's not so common. And the ability to re- read peer-reviewed medical literature doesn't require a degree. To understand it might require a little bit more training, but I would argue that the best way to go or the best place to go right now is ipac-edu.org and Dr. James Lyons-Weiler. And Dr. Jack has all of these programs, including how to read the literature. And you can do that, I think, now with a 10% discount with the code RSB. That's kind of cool, huh? Plug into that. But the journey that I've been on from an allopathically pharmaceutically raised child that was chronically ill for the first 24 years of his life, speaking of myself in the third person, 
to one that was regrown, reborn homeopathically, organically, switching my diet, my lifestyle to do things in my mid, some would say late 50s almost, that I couldn't do in my mid to late 20s when I first met my mentor uh, in homeopathy who could run circles around me in his 60s and I was in my 20s and he was dying from tuberculosis in his 40s, getting, getting the street cred scenario in there. The practicality, the pragmatism. Does it work or does it not work? Where's the rubber meet the road, so to speak? And that's been my journey. And on vaccinology, uh, you know, I look at the absurdity of injecting toxic poisons, foreign antigens, uh, DNA, RNA from animals, aborted fetal cells, etc. is being, <coughs> I don't know, talk about Looney Tunes. The thing they would accuse me of for denying that vaccines are, you know, the, the, the greatest inventions in sliced bread, so to speak. So I'm not new to this game. I'm not new to this communication. And certainly I borne the brunt of a lot of people calling me names, you know, conspiracy theorists, kook, crank, not a real doctor because homeopathy is not real on and on. It goes, it, it doesn't bother me in the big scheme of things. What bothers me is the people who are hurt because they're diminished in their capacity of, to critically think or to engage in things that challenge consensus, including the authoritarians among the scientific realm, pseudoscientific realm, I would call it at this point. But many of the things I would say would be thrown back at me by the so-called skeptics, which we've had fun with over the years. And Super Don certainly has, having been one or understanding how they tick. <laughs> and we'll talk with Super Don about that. Uh, so before we go into that, I just uh, came across this in a tweet from the Babylon Bee, which is classic. It says almost everything you need to know about the science of vaccinology. Scientists who have no idea what's causing autism epidemic also are 100% certain it's not the vaccines. The Babylon Bee, like the fool in the king's court, is allowed to speak truth because it's in jest. Don't take us seriously. We're just joking. But what would you say about this statement? We, we don't know what it is that causes it, but we know it's not that. 100% sure. Really? Yet you, you, you don't know, you know, we don't know what causes it, but you know it's not that. Yeah, we know it's not that. So just think about that for a moment or come back to that and share that. Uh, Super Don will add that into the notes and we'll carry on from there. Now, I'm going to bring Super Don into the mix if you don't mind, Super D. I know we've got a lot of video clips to show today and grateful for our friends at Brideon.tv and the crew there and Mike Adams, the health ranger, for connecting us. And I think it's an important discussion to have because it's 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 maddening. Frustrating is an understatement to try and talk with a skeptic, but yet they claim very much the same of us that we cannot be communicated with, that we are somehow denialists of science, even though we engage in critical thinking, challenging, debating, discussing, arguing about things like what does the scientific literature say? What does it not say? Are there conflicts of interest? Things that you would say, well, that's rational and reasonable to ask those questions. And they're like, no, if you ask those questions, you're a crank and you can't be communicated with because you're probably also a Holocaust denialist. Yes. Mm. You're, you're one. Uh, all of that is true. Okay. <laughs> just be sure. You can deny it. It is. Yeah. It is. I mean, anybody who's spent any amount of time looking and at, at what's going on online with these people that you don't hear about as much as you used to. It was kind of a thing, the skeptics, right? You know, they had they used to have these these big meetings in Las Vegas called the Amazing Meeting, 
That yes. was back when the amazing Randy was alive. Was he messing with people that he shouldn't be messing with. And, yeah, well, we don't have to go there. But uh, in any case, they used to all get, a, get, get together like every once in a while. I think it may have been yearly. Mm-hmm. And, and they were all people that loved to basically um, debate people and, and beat them over the head with the skeptic stick um, and prove them wrong and catch them in logical fallacies. And they were like the last line of defense between the world and quackery. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephen Novella actually made that statement. It was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I don't know about you, but you know, I, I was, I, I was on vacation over the weekend and uh, I, I made the mistake. <laughs> I guess the mistake, I, I, I it was very entertaining. It made the drive home much, much more fun. <laughs> Yeah. Um, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And apparently what happened was, you know, just recently, um, Joe Rogan had RFK Jr. on his show. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because when that happened, we talked about it. I remember having a conversation with my son. I was like, man, something's going to happen with this. Now, I had no yeah. idea it was going to be this. Well, and remember you had said about his preamble to the guest, I think it was. Well, he laid it out like I used to think this about Bobby Kennedy. He was a tinfoil and I read his book. So he really doesn't do that with guests from what I understand. He just kind of. I'm not not used to him doing like a five minute uh, monologue leading up to having. So he was heading something off at the pass he knew was coming. Yeah, well, and something came. (laughs) Uh, So apparently what happened was, uh, you know, uh, Peter Hotez, my, my favorite my my favorite scientist. A lot of people hate Fauci. Yeah, I wouldn't say I hate Hotez. I can't stand him. But you, you kind of get like a ooh ah, you know, it's like ooh, I feel oh, a little dirty now. About him. You know, he's just he's, him, yeah. he's just like look at me, look at me. They one of those at- attention hungry uh, children um, that you know will, will photo bomb every picture because they want to you know be in the on the can the camera. Anyway, yeah, um, Hotez took issue with. Rogan having JFK RFK Jr. Uh, mm. on his show, right. and so he sent out a tweet. And actually, let me show you. Well, I'll just show you. This is the initial tweet that kind of started the whole situation. Mm-hmm. Hotez, there. Spotify has stopped even sort of trying to stem Joe Rogan's vaccine misinformation. It's really true, just awful. And from all of the online attacks I'm receiving, hey, this is the other thing I, I hate about Hotez. He is such a victim. Yeah, it's like, oh my god, oh anti-science aggression. Oh, yeah. people are, are threatening me and they're emailing me. They don't like me. They're saying nasty things about me. Anyway, so apparently he he was saying that because of the RFK Jr. Uh, episode on Joe Rogan that he was receiving uh, online attacks, mm-hmm. and and so then he he linked it to this Vice article, which was just a typical hit piece you would expect from Vice. Which I'm surprised they're even still in business. I'm, they're, they should, they're like going under. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is like you know, the, the, the death throes of, of vice. Let's, right. th- let's put up some more hit pieces. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he, he did this. So Joe Rogan caught wind of this and he found it on Twitter. And so he responded. He said, Peter, if you claim what RFK Jr. is saying is misinformation, I'm going to offer you a hundred grand to the charity of your choice if you're willing to debate him, RFK Jr., on my show with no time limit. And then RFK Jr. Uh, chimed in. He says, Peter, let's finally have the respectful, congenial, informative debate that the American people deserve. Um, now, how dare he? 
<laughs> who knew yeah. the blank storm that this was going to cause on Twitter? It just went bonkers. Yeah. And so it turned into this thing where where uh you know Hotez is like, ah oh, no, I I you know I'm not gonna do that. And people are like, Yeah, you should do it, and how come you won't? You're a coward, you know, and then other people were jumping in defending Peter Hotez because apparently he has groupies uh who love him and think that he's the savior of the world. And so they were in there defending him, and it just went bonkers, man. I mean, everybody was on Twitter, all these things were going on. If we show that video of uh Matt Tybee did, I think. And maybe we'll do that in a bonus round, but you want to talk about groupies. <laughs> Matt Taibbi, and there's another Matthew Orf, Orflander, Orfiander, yeah. or something like yeah. that put together. Put together this a great video. compilation. But it yeah. included the fawning of the mostly the leftist media that, uh, you know, pro war Ukrainian. You Thank know, you, Peter Hotez, for saving everybody in the Save world. the world. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, man, you look at that, you're like, gosh, darn it. I mean, if we sold our soul and got paid so well, but we would not uh, sleep well doing that, what they do. Yeah. Uh, it's embarrassing, but we'll get into that. Uh, I think this is a fascinating journey because in the in the early years of, of Twitter, you know, and there were a lot of us who spoke about these issues offline because we never had an online ability to communicate these, these issues. Uh, remember Tanner's dad, Tim? Mm. He, he figured out that the... the the way to do it on Twitter. And it really freaked out the pro vaccine forces many, many years ago because of the, you know, the vaccine uh, injury community with all the parents that had injured children. Right. And they tried to find a way to push back. And then you'd see if you posted something that was remotely anti-vaccine by just asking one simple question, uh, the bots would hit, you know, it'd be like a 10 to one ratio in the early days. And now I'm looking at the response to Hotez and yeah, he has some groupies supporting him, but by and large, it's like, Come on, Otez, get off your butt and go do this. You're going to make a ton of money. In fact, there are wealthy people throwing down even more money, and they've sweetened the pot. It might be higher than the 2.62 million I saw before we went to yeah, air. Yeah, I mean this this is what it was. Just re, just uh, I guess right before we went on air that it had gone up. That I mean, come on, 2.2 or 2.62 million dollars, two over two and a half million dollars is what has been put up there that it would be given to. Peter Hotez's favorite charity or charities. Yeah. If all he would do is go on the Joe Rogan podcast and defend his, his, his opinions. Yeah. That's it. Dude, you don't even have to like quote, win the debate. You just have to show up. Dude. If debate. Bobby Kennedy is so wrong, Hotez, the scientist would have reams of peer reviewed articles to back him up. But I mean, think about it as a pro vaxxer. Imagine all of the vaccines that you could develop and send to all those starving children in like Africa that are like starving and you show up instead of with a sandwich, you give them a vaccine. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, think of all those kids you could vaccinate with, with 200, you know, two, two point six million. million. Yeah. All he has to do is show up. And as you said, even if he loses the debate, look what he can be a hero for his community. Well, you just raised 2.62 million for whatever pro vaccine thing. You do. Apparently he's, he's, he's not accepting at least as far as I know, unless something's changed. And if everybody is more on top of this than I am at the moment, let me know. But as far as I know, he has turned it down. Now it turns out that this is not the first time that the idea of him debating RFK jr. Has come up. goes back. Uh, one yeah. of the times, cause I think uh, Hotez has been on Rogan's podcast twice. Uh, so this was back in 2019. The, actually this topic came up 
about him debating here. Here's what he had to say at the time. Would he be a guy that you would want to have a debate with or have a discussion with? But again, I mean, I, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with the idea of a debate because it's like it's like debating. I don't know. It's like debating a Holocaust denier, whether mm -hmm. the Holocaust exists. I mean, not that this rises. I understand same level, what you're but, saying. Yeah. But if you're again, I want to bring this up. If you're you're complaining, there's 19 books ahead of yours that are anti-vaccine mm -hmm. books. Mm -hmm. You've already lost the battle. Like it's time to regroup and maybe re. And just a reminder, at this time during this interview, what, what what happened was this is another yet another thing that I hate about Hotez. He's such a whiner. He went on on Rogan. He was whining about how he just wrote a book, and and there's like 19 anti-vaccine books that are ahead of him on Amazon. And yeah. it was like, well, maybe it's because your book sucks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe you have a, a sucky book. You know, and, and nobody wants it, and it's boring, and nobody wants to read it, you know? And so he was just like, oh, you know, these anti-vaxxers. And that was the first time I, I heard him really going after the anti-vaxxers, and it really came across as envy hmm. because they were selling books better than him. The grouping would be confronting someone with actual scientific information. I mean, you are a real doctor. Uh -huh. You're a guy who actually studies this, and you're a man who understands the science. You're a legitimate academic. You could, you could actually put a dent in this. With a real conversation. Potentially. Potentially. Potentially yeah. yeah, I mean, what would he be able to say? Like, what is his take on it? Well, remember, he's uh, he's an attorney, and mm -hmm. he's uh, he's very clever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to, I don't want to debate him, because he's very clever. He's a clever attorney. Dude, if you know, the, if you know your facts, you could just lay it out in a very calm manner and let the clever attorney sound crazy. And isn't it interesting? You get you go on these podcasts, you go on these TV shows, and you talk smack about about uh, people that have concerns about vaccines. Mm -hmm. But then when the idea, you know, the the possibility comes up where you have to defend those views, then you find, oh, well, I don't know, I don't think I can do that because I don't want to have to talk to anybody who's clever, right? And right. you know, he knows how to presumably knows how to do arguments in court. And what am I? I'm a scientist, so right? But I, do you think that he wants to deceive people, or do you think that maybe he's just incorrect in his uh, accumulation of data? I, yeah, I can't say what his motivation is, but um, his uh, his his information is is highly misleading. Well, yeah. then well, correct how? it. Okay. How is it misleading? Yeah. We would yeah. like you to explain how it's misleading mm -hmm. and how your information is correct and his is wrong. Right. Have that conversation. Isn't this not what scientists do? Well, there were some coming to Hotez's defense for not wanting to debate and discuss with, I guess the word is cranks. And if, if anybody knows Bobby Kennedy or has observed and watched, he's doing long form interviews, hour long, 90 minute, two hour interviews. A crank would reveal himself within three minutes. If, if their definition of a crank is correct, that he's just a nutcase, a kook, a conspiracy theorist, and nothing coming out of his mouth makes, you know, anything tangible in terms of scientific sense. And uh, I think this this came from it. He went on to MSNBC, right? Yeah. And, so, you know, of course, right. you know, he runs over yeah. to MSNBC. Yeah. His sa his, what a lot of people said that, yeah. That's his, his safe space. Yeah. Uh, because he is, he, they, they love him over at MSNBC and the, he went on this show. I've never heard of this guy before. Mehdi Hassan. Hassan. Yeah. And, uh, this is just a little montage. And I, I want you to, to kind of see if you notice a pattern here of Mehdi Hassan, uh, on MSNBC. Yeah. 
Because it is never a good idea for an award-winning, world-renowned, peer-reviewed vaccine scientist or an actual expert in any academic field to debate an unhinged crank. But you just can't, in general, debate with conspiracists and loons. You can't debate whether up is down, hot is cold, black is white. They never change their minds and they win just by you agreeing to share a platform with them. Never wrestle with a pig, you both get dirty and the pig gets 40,000 new followers on Twitter. And I would say, I don't know if you've agreed to debate or not. My advice is not to, and people might find that surprising because I wrote a book about debate, but I just think there's a time and a place for a debate. I don't think a historian of World War II should debate a Holocaust denier. I mean, just, you know, that's, that's my analogy here. Like, I don't think these debates between experts and cranks do anything other than elevate the cranks. How would you elevate Bobby Kennedy, who has so much more on Joe Rogan's uh, podcast uh, reach than this guy's show and probably all of their shows on MSNBC combined? Uh, and yet the argument that he's making, that Hassan character, is the very thing that they need to be looking in the mirror that they do. They refuse to acknowledge any cogent argument, even if it comes from the peer-reviewed medical literature, they dismiss it all. So we got to take a break here on the Robert Scabell Show. Thanks to our friends at Brighteon.tv. Back in about two minutes or so. Thanks for being here. All right, in theory, I, did I miss the cue? No, well, sort of. Okay, not really. Not bad. All right, we'll yeah, see. We're good. Yeah. So, did you notice that? I know for people that are they're watching, still watching right now, mm -hmm. the the word that you heard most in that montage, crank, mm -hmm. crank, crank, crank. Anytime you hear somebody talking about cranks, that's when you know you're dealing with somebody that has uh, drank the skeptic Kool Aid, mm -hmm. because that's that's terminology that they use. Yeah, we'll go more into this when we come back on this, assuming yeah. that they went to break on Brighty on. Well, let's assume I'll so. I'll know here in just a second. But, yeah, let me know. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I'm seeing Leslie and Kim going back and forth on, uh, looks like, Facebook um, comments and the controversy of whether vaccines cause autism definitively or not. I think we're getting into nuanced uh, discussions that are you know kind of crossing in the wind. But uh, remember, vaccines cause neurological injury, inflammation due to the toxicity all the things that happen. It doesn't always manifest as what they call autism, but as Dr. Batar and others have said, autism is just basically brain and neurological injury manifesting in a specific way at a, a specific age, typically younger people. Uh, but uh, vaccines do cause brain injury. Vaccines do cause inflammation, vaccine, you know, on and on. And then we go into the argument of what is autism? Is it a legit diagnosis or is it just a label given to various forms of brain and neurological injury due to a number of things, as, as Leslie argues, it's not just vaccines that cause it, although they are often the syringe that breaks the camel's back on a uh, neurologically vulnerable child. But now, who isn't neurologically vulnerable over the generations we've seen increased levels of toxicity and deficiency and on and on it goes. So anyway, we're coming right back in about 10 seconds, uh, rejoining our friends at Brideon.tv. Did they take a break, Superdon? I don't know. Yes. They did. Okay. All right. Stand by. All right. Welcome, everybody, back to the Robert Scott Bell Show, simulcasting on Brideon.tv. And you can support Brideon.tv uh, through the Health Ranger store. There's a lot of ways to do that. Uh, it's a great place and space for free speech, engaging speech, thoughtful speech about many controversial topics, including what we're covering today about vaccine causation of injury, uh, COVID jabs, on and on it goes. And the folks that will uh, beat you to death if they have the opportunity, not just by injecting you. 
<clears throat> by, by eliminating you in the town square, by banning you, by censoring you, by deplatforming you. And, uh, you know, it's a big argument. This guy has from MSNBC saying, don't even engage because we're like Holocaust denialists for specifically saying, hey, you know, vet, there are problems with vaccines. And there are. Yep. <laughs> yep. And so if you notice in, in, in that, that clip that we played from that, that interview that he did, he kept talking about, we don't talk to cranks. We don't talk to cranks. Crank, crank, crank. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that's not a new concept. That's not something he invented. This is something that's been around for a long time. There was um, Skeptic Playbook. It's a Skeptic Playbook. It's almost like a Bible um, that was put together years ago. Mm -hmm. And the, 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 the guy that comes to, to mind, uh, there was a guy named Mark. It, well, he's still around. Mark Hoofnagel. Now, if that sounds familiar to you, if you've been a longtime listener of the Robert Scott Bell Show, there was a, a character that we created called Hoofnagel the Science Cat. This was years ago. Um, and that was a play on Mark Hoofnagel's name. Mm -hmm. And Mark Hoofnagel wrote this big, long thing over at the science blogs where David Gorski was uh, kind of king, uh, whatever, over there. And he wrote a thing about denialism and about uh, cranks and stuff like that. And he had a quote. And this is this is not this is uh, I just kind of pulled some parts of this here. But. Here, here's what he had to say. He says, we don't argue with cranks. Part of understanding denialism is knowing that it is futile to argue with them and giving them yet another form is unnecessary. That's not to say we don't discuss science in our, or, or our posts with people who want to honestly be informed. We just don't want to argue with cranks. We have work to do, he said. Hmm. And so what, what, you, what you've got here is basically what they do is they, they'll label you as a crank. And if you're wondering what a crank is, they, you know, a crank would be defined by them as somebody who's a pseudoscientist, somebody who's a true believer uh, that believes in pseudoscience um, and cannot be convinced otherwise. And that they, they, had, they, they uh, insist that their worldview is what everybody else must believe and they'll do anything in order to make that happen. That's what they describe uh, these, you know, a crank or a denialist to be. And so if you notice what, what's going on here is what they're basically doing is they're just going, no, don't debate him because he's a crank. Mm -hmm. We don't argue with cranks. We don't, we don't waste our time on people like that because if we do, we're just giving them. We give them a platform on and on. But my point of that is that the platform is already bigger than what they could hope for. Just like you pointed out in that, you know, Hotez butthurt because it's 19 books on questioning vaccines are ahead of him in his book that he already lost the platform. That was Joe Rogan's point. It's like, dude, you got everything to gain and nothing to lose here. Plus now we've got 2.62 million or more coming your way for the charity of your choice. It's looking bad. My point is that the stuff they used to do like that, we are not going to debate with cranks. It's falling flat. Yeah. It doesn't work like it used to. No, it doesn't. The only, the only, the only people that works with are other people like Hotez. Yeah. It's, they all get together and they just they have their rule book, which you use. It's what they've used all along. Where now they're just like, you know, we're not going to debate them. Well, guess what? Things are not the same as they were before. Before you had a, a, a much better control over the terrain, right? Mm -hmm. Over the battlefield in this situation, which yeah. you don't have anymore. And so the old rules are not going to work anymore. You can't just go. Well, we're just not going to debate you because we're smart. And you're dumb. Yeah, and, and it's it's a waste of our time because let, that let, makes you look like a douche, <laughs> and the rest of the world is looking at you right now, Peter Hotez, 
mm-hmm. and they're seeing you as weak. Yeah, which and he hiding is. something. He right? is, and and he's a, he's as you said, playing the victim while he dishes out oh, totally. brutality. Did uh, you? Yeah. Did you see this? Where in, in the course of this stuff unfolding over Twitter, suddenly he comes up and he goes, "I was just accosted at my house okay. by some anti-vaxxers." Let's and at first, people, at first, people were kind of like, uh, no, nah, I don't believe it. I think you're lying because he's a, he's kind of a smarmy, you know, uh, Weasley liar kind of a guy. Yeah. Well, it turns out something did happen. And check this out. This was him being, I want you to see how accosted he was at his home. Okay. Oh, are you Peter Hotez? I am. Hi. Nice to meet you. How are you? Hey. So, Boy, man, could you see that attack right there? Yeah, he was very excited that a fan had just, you know, shook come up his hand. Yeah. Like he's, he's known. Yeah. <laughs> Are you not like de- going to debate uh, RFK on Joe Rogan's podcast? Oh, come on. That's harassing. I'm just I'm just curious. What? I no, no, nothing I, hostile. Just curious. I haven't said anything one way or the other. I mean, are you planning on doing it? Uh, you know, I just he just invited me. So we'll see. And I think you should, though. Uh, well, we'll give it some. We'll give it some. OK. Thought. OK. And what do you have to say to people who think they were vaccine injured? Anything for them? I don't come to my house. I mean, do you have anything to say to people that think? Do you have anything to say to people? Yeah. I mean, do you think vaccine injuries are real, Peter? Peter, it's just a question. Settle the science now. On a safari to go vaccinate more kids. So, uh, (laughs) all right, let's talk about harassment. It, what would you say what you just visualized and saw in a absolutely human to human encounter at one point? I didn't see any. Yeah, he was annoyed. Yeah, I mean, I him. suppose that was awkward. Yeah, uh, to say the least. But uh, was he accosted? Would you say that was an accosted or I, was he stalked? Was that a stalking? No, it was a very friendly there? interaction, although there was some lady way in the back yelling. But, you know, chances are these are people that have vaccine injury. A children, verbal right? assault, I suppose yeah. we could call it. I yeah. guess if you're a weenie, uh, you know, yeah. you can't handle something like that. But in any case, I, you know, do I yeah. think it was it was the right thing to do to go? And it, first off, we don't know what happened here. Yeah. We don't know. This could have been some dude walking down the street and just happened to see him and recognized who he was or something. I don't know. I don't know what the story is. Should, should people go show up at people's houses and, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I guess that's a de- another debate that we could have. But, of course, you know, what, what happens is Hotez is going to try and make this sound like, uh, you know, uh, an, an assault of some sort. Sure. But I think it's going to fall on what I don't know if deaf ears is the right way to say it. But look at that. You go, mm, that really wasn't harassment. OK, you could you could say, OK, he was annoyed. He was at his home. Uh, is it l- all right? Peter Hotez showed up at your house while you were mowing the lawn and started going, uh, questioning you about vaccines. Would you find that annoying? Probably. I would find that entertaining, but that's just yeah, me. Okay. Uh, he wouldn't do it because he couldn't engage. Now, true. Let's go to who is going to come to his defense besides the, you know, the Hassan guy, whatever Hassan guy in MSNBC talking the crank Bible language. How about recruiting? billionaires in the business world to come uh, to your defense. Who, who now, do you think would push come back to on Joe Rogan, right? You know, yeah. you got to have some gravity here, gravitas. And because it, it, all the stuff that they used to do is not working. So they need a heavy hitter to come in and go, hey, push back on Joe Rogan in this case. Can you get somebody to do it? So tell me like what Bill Gates, maybe? 
No, Gates would not be good. Gates' name is Mud for no. most people after COVID. Paul Offit. Oh, no, come on. Paul Offit's no? part of the same Hotez school. George Soros. Soros. No. Gosh no. darn it. They need no. They they need somebody that can come out of left field in a sense and go, Y'all are being unreasonable here. Joe, come on, relax. This is uh, uh, and who's the voice of reason that they found? The owner of the Dallas Mavericks, Mark Cuban. <laughs> Mark Cuban. Really? Mark Cuban? He attacks Joe Rogan and Elon Musk in a vaccines brawl on Twitter, they're calling it. Why Wait, who would why would, Joe? Yeah. why would Mark it's, Cuban? What are the qualifications of Mark Cuban to get into this debate? To engage in it? I, I mean, know. they didn't go to another scientist or doctor or the surgeon general, although that would be weak and lame too. Mark Cuban, Shark Tank star, billionaire, owner of the Dallas Mavericks, and something else that he's going to reference in his response to uh, Joe Rogan. So what is it? Can you, can you find the actual statement he said to Joe? Is that in the article or is that a tweet that he did? Um, let me see if it's here. You're scrolling. I, I know. I'm scrolling here. Yeah. Where is it here? Oh, you know what? I don't see it in this article, Doug, on it. He should be there. Because this is a big one that uh, so so let me just paraphrase since I mean I'd listen I'm gonna sit here and scroll forever. So check this out. Mark Cuban gets on there and he goes, Boy, great way to talk in generalities, Joe. It's not like there aren't problems with big pharma. They do some really messed up stuff. That's the reason why we created cost plus far or what was it, cost plus drugs dot com. Yeah. Here it is. It's in the article. I see it now. Oh, is it? I couldn't yeah, find it. It says, at this point, Cuban, whose cost plus drugs <laughs> aims to lower the cost of generic drugs, weighed in. He says, way to talk in generalities, Joe. Not saying there aren't a lot of effed up things about pharma. So right. he kind of throws a bone there. Right, right. He says, that's why we created cost plus drugs. Oh. But to ignore that, the same industry has saved who knows how many lives is BS. Says, he actually said it. And you know it. It's also disrespectful to all the doctors, researchers, and medical professionals that dedicate their lives to saving lives, like Dr. Hotez and 800, the 800,000 plus doctors in the country that believe vaccines save lives. So he has a, a bunch of um, uh, appeal. He appeals to authority in that one. He appeals to bandwagon. I mean, how, how many, um, what do you call these things? Super Don, what do you call these things? The appeal to this, the appeal to that. They're oh, logical fallacies. Yeah, logical yeah. fallacies. How many logical fallacies did Mark Cuban throw in? The billionaire Mark Cuban throw in well, all Ed, the while mentioning that, you know, conflicts of interest and economic stuff. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, is in that in that response, there's a part there where he he claims that Joe Rogan is driven by self-interest. Yeah. And this I'm thinking, it. wait a minute. So you're going to accuse Joe Rogan of being driven by self-interest, but on your tweet, one of the very first things you did is you plugged your drug company? Your own drug company, yes. Your own drug company? No self-interest there, Mark Cuban. So here, here's my theory. Uh, Mark Cuban's a, a clown, mm -hmm. okay? I respect uh, you know, him for the, some of the success that he's had, but he's a clown because it's obvious that he jumped into this whole Twitter thing, not because he gives a flip, yeah. but it was an opportunity for him to plug his drug company. Right. Yeah, here's the quote. Uh, it's at the bottom of the article. You are driven by self-interest. Mark Cuban's telling uh, Joe Rogan. 
You are driven by self-interest, just like the MSM, mainstream media, always has been accused of. And you both have earned that right. You busted your asses to be great at what you do and earned all you have accomplished. But don't lie to yourselves and all of us and tell us you are different. You aren't. And of course, then he comes in, as you pointed out, prior to that with a tweet promoting his own drug company, talking about self-interest. It's like, really, that's the guy you got to counter this? Is this going to succeed? I just think they're desperate. Clearly, they're desperate. It's like, who can we bring up to to start winning the argument that we're losing? That they're not even they're not even making an argument other than don't listen to these people. And how many times can you call Bobby Kennedy, who's very measured, well uh, researched, and always saying, "Hey, look, if you were to give me information that I could review that would change my mind, I would change my mind." as he did initially on the vaccine issue when confronted with overwhelming evidence of toxicity as he had been an environmentalist, environmental attorney for many years before. This is RFK Jr. though. And and the problem is, is is you will not, in fact, you know, I've got another clip here when he was on talk with Rogan most recently. Yeah. um, Where, you know, people would like to see the debate, but the problem is that people like Hotez and people like these other scientists They've got a they've got a rule book and the rule says we don't debate with people. But the problem is, is that if you aren't willing to get out there and back up what it is that you say when you're on CNN with the real people, all, you know, us people down here that, you know, that are in the trenches. Right. We we want to have these conversations. We want these conversations to take place. We don't want to have to only get the information from you when you are feeling safe and protected and not being challenged on one of these news stations. Mm-hmm. You know, let's have the real conversation. This is what people want. They want you to be challenged. People have concerns, you know, about things. And, and so in order to, you know, alleviate those those concerns, they want you to be challenged and they want to see this and they want to hear it. They want you to defend your, your position. And it's so frustrating because you would think that scientists would be Sure. But Mark Cuban is also Mark Cuban is also arguing that going woke doesn't make you go broke. I mean, basically, yeah, he's, well, he's like, yeah, wokeness is good for business. Really? Talk to Budweiser. Cuban is, he's, yeah. he's kind of revealed himself. I think this was a yeah. mistake on his part to do this, to wade into this debate that's yeah. going on on Twitter, because he really he kind of exposed himself, made himself look look like a fool. But I saw him do these things during COVID when he came out, you know, all pro-vax, pro-mask, pro-shutdown. I mean, he became as anti-freedom as anybody. So as much as he's been a good businessman in certain senses, I I think this is a guy I would not want to hang out with. It's not a guy I can go, yeah, he'd be a fun guy to hang out with. I think he's a weenie. Probably probably not. So let's get another Bobby Kennedy clip from uh, Joe. Yeah, here's RFK Jr. He's talking about how, you know, because Rogan asked him, you said, you know, has anybody debated you on this? Here's here's what he had to say. Have you had anyone debate you publicly about any of these? They, nobody will debate me. For 18 years, nobody will debate me. In fact, I've scheduled many, many debates, and I've asked Hotez many, many times to debate me. And I think you've asked him, here, why don't you debate Robert Kennedy? And he said, because he's a cunning lawyer or something like that. Mm, but, um, yeah. but I've debated Hotez on the telephone with uh, you know, with kind of a referee, and uh, you know, I, his his science is 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 just made up. He cannot stand by it. He can't cite studies. 
Well, he was trying to tell me that vaccines don't cause autism. I said, yeah, okay, and well, his daughter well, has I, autism, and yeah. he wrote a book. Yeah. That, but I know, asked my him. daughter doesn't have that didn't get her autism from a vaccine. But I've read that book and there is no science cited in that book. It's just him saying, you know, it didn't happen. And listen, I, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. And I and God bless him and God bless that little girl. And, you know, I have nothing but, um, you know, good energy going to them. And, you know, I, but it's not he's using her as a leverage to tell people you you know there's no problem here but this is my point that i i asked him what does and he said there's a a few there's environmental factors they're aware of i go what are those and he couldn't cite them like how can you be so sure to say this definitely doesn't but you're telling me there's a bunch of environmental factors that do cause it and we're aware of those factors but you're not aware of them and you're an expert in this yeah I guess that's a really good point. It is very good. And and this is the point where the, you got to ask, how does the vaccine industrial complex survive this? Granted, they still have a hold of a lot of people in the consciousness and belief system, but they've lost so many of their so-called allies and experts, doctors, PhDs through COVID. People that were all pro-vax are questioning not just the COVID jab, but many or all of the schedule prior. We're learning how not scientific any of those things the claims that they made were or are and you know as 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 he, he says uh hotez says yeah environmental things i'm like well name them you know you won't you won't go into them and i've argued that the environmental causes are concentrated in a syringe when it comes to a vaccine and manifest in a way that wouldn't is abnormal because you're not you're not breathing eating you know any of that now it's bypassing everything well, and according but, to hotez vaccines are just antigens and salt water, water yeah. right Let's 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 hear what the rest of these said. How is that possible? You're. A, I mean, that, that's the. He's that, a health expert. That's the big question that anybody who says it's not the vaccines, I'm like, okay, fine. But they don't want. If you but say it's me, not the vaccines, people go, ah, oh, yeah. good. That's that's what I wanted to hear. That's yeah, what I wanted to hear. What is it? When you say it is the vaccines, people go, oh my god, I don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear it, yeah. and they get angry. They get angry at you, and they go, oh, tin foil hat conspiracy theorist, and. But the fact yeah. that no one will debate you speaks volumes, especially now. They can't say now that you're not popular. And what's uh, crazy is that B- Biden now has decided he's not even going to debate anybody in the primary. Yeah, isn't that that's a, that's a good comparison? Mm-hmm. That's actually really. Yeah, you don't want to be confronted with facts that uh, contravene your statement of reality. Yep. You don't want to defend your position. You just want to make sure everybody, you know, you demand fealty, if you will. Just believe me because I'm not that. And whatever that is, is not working. You know, convincing people that Bobby Kennedy and others are uh, cranks is the word, you know, of the day from the from the Skeptic Bible. Yeah. And look at the little book, the 100-page book, basically, with references, 100 pages without references, but little small book, A Letter to Liberals. Everything Bobby Kennedy brings up has a factual basis in the in the peer-reviewed literature that you can actually validate or invalidate. Like, here, go to this. This is why I'm saying it. This is where I'm getting it from. Same thing with the, the real Anthony Fauci. All of those things are f- very heavily referenced. And when you look at the book about Hotez and his daughter, my daughter's autism was not caused by vaccines, there's no reference science at all. It's just, believe me, because I'm the scientist. And that's the worshipful way. And we'll do this in the bonus round. We'll play that. It's like, I don't know, a five minute or so clip. Yeah, it's it's a really good, it's a really good video. But I, you know, I think 
I, I would like this to be a teachable moment mm-hmm. for Peter Hotez and other people like him. Do you think that they're it, engaged in learning anymore? I, yeah, but, you know, here's the thing. I mean, if, if their goal is to try and win the hearts and minds of the people and convince them that, the, you know, the vaccines are great for you and, 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 and you know, everything they say is true, uh, they got, you know, they're doing a terrible job of it. I mean, think about this. For the last three years, they have been exposed to be a bunch of, you know, uh, uh, I don't know. I, I don't want to put blanket statements out there, but mm-hmm. they really effed up yeah. over the last three years. And and a lot of people were exposed for being, you know, they call other people pseudoscientists. I mean, come on, you know, yeah. you guys really look bad after this, this three years because there's so many lies. I don't know how they're going to PR their way out of this stuff. Yeah. And so, you know, listen, it, the, 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 the rules of the game have changed. People don't trust you for good reason. They don't. And you're not going to win back that trust. By honey, running and hiding. By running and money. hiding when they yeah. say, okay, put your money where your mouth is. We'll even pay you. We want you to come out here and back up what it is you, you, you've been saying. And then you run and hide and you, and you could do the, oh, well, we don't talk to, to people like you. Well, what, have you, what do you do? You're, just, you're making yourself look worse. People are not going to trust you or believe you when you handle things that way. What are you, what are you seeing? The more one-hour, 90-minute, two-hour interviews Robert F. Kennedy Jr. does, the more you go, dude, the, crank? Really? Very well thought out. Yeah, who looks like the crank? Who looks like the the loon? Yeah. You know, and, and and the crazy person. It's yeah. it's it's they, you guys. You know, and, and brigade. So to you're, speak. you're doing it wrong. Yeah. And so we'll see what happens here. Whether he ends up taking it or not, I don't think he will. I don't think he will. I, I mean, don't think it, he like will. Said, he could be a hero to his side by just taking the money, but he'll also be a goat to his side because he he'll look like the the moron that he is that he is in reality when it comes to the science of vaccines how bad does that look how bad are the optics on that when you you are offered two and a half million dollars for charity Mm -hmm. just to show up and you won't do it because you've got to you got to hang on to that skeptic that scientist you know uh, a safety get out of jail free card right that's worked all this time you know, and say, oh, no, I'm not going to do that. You know, I'm not going to dignify your. Yeah, it, it doesn't it doesn't work anymore. It doesn't work anymore. I think ultimately this is just going to look bad for, for 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 all of them. Yeah. Well, here we are. All right. We got a question of the day to wrap up and then maybe some announcements, upcoming events, things like that. Real quick here. Uh, the question of the day relates to water. <laughs> Otez, water. It's just water in the shot. <sighs> Man. You wouldn't, you wouldn't cause your kid, your, but you wouldn't put what's in a vaccine or baby bottle for your baby to drink, you bonehead. All right, this is from Grace. Hi, Robert. Is it okay to drink distilled water daily? There seems to be opposing opinions on this in the alternative medical community. I'm aware of Echo Water, but I'm just wondering about distilled. Thank you. Super sincerely, Grace. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not a big fan of uh, vacuum water. I call it <laughs> distilled water. I mean, there's purpose. You can utilize it for purpose. I just don't find that if in the history of drinking water on the planet, that we've ever, a community, a culture has ever engaged in, oh, we only drink distilled water, right? We, we distill it, we remove everything from it, create a vacuum. Even uh, rainwater, as they say, that's equivalent, I've heard distilled, but it, it's interacting with things in the environment. It, there are things that water is going to carry and have in it. Now, obviously, we want to remove the toxins that we don't want. So filtration technology, like you mentioned with Echo, is good. But I don't look at distilled water as a daily use drinking water. 
per se. Now, it can be used uh, theoretically or actually on a fast for specific reasons, maybe to help facilitate detox, but uh, I'm just not a fan of distilled all the time, right? It can be used occasionally, no problem. Uh, upcoming events, if you go to the upcoming events tab at robertscottbell.com, please sign up for the newsletter. And you can do that uh, just by coming over to robertscottbell.com. There'll be a pop-up that opens up in the first time you, you come to the site in the day. And uh, you just enter your email address there and Supernova will get you plugged in. Uh, this Saturday, if you're listening live, uh, the 24th of June, 2023, at the Ranch Larimer County Fairgrounds and Events Complex, Loveland, Colorado. Real Solutions for Healthy Living. Uh, Peter McCullough, not Hotez, Peter McCullough will be there. Uh, Mickey Willis and others, I'll be speaking. I'll have lots of silver and copper shots to pour out. And Superdome, we're going to have a special deal for the new gel, so, the Sovereign Silver Healing Gel. It's going to be amazing uh, in a tube that now you won't have to struggle to get the last bit of it out. And uh, the, there's a special offer that we've got coming up. Uh, it includes a, f- a little free bottle of the uh, silver hydrosol, and you'll get 20% off. Superdome will add, add that into the mix, so you'll have that in the notes and otherwise. The RSB Family Union is coming up fast, July 14th through 16th in uh, near Joplin, southwest Missouri. Hope to see you there. Maho Summer Splash for the industry, the natural products industry, July 21st through 23rd. The 21st is a Friday. I'll be speaking at Whitaker's Farm Market in uh, Ohio, and the Maho event is Columbus. In August 12th, 13th, Des Moines, Iowa for the Red Pill Expo with G. Edward Griffin and more. The Cancer Control Society's 48th Annual Convention coming up Labor Day weekend. Glendale Hilton Hotel, L.A. Basin, Southern California. Then September, we go to Las Vegas for the Biomed Expo, biomedexpo.com. And then we've got the uh, Your Health Freedom uh, Symposium and Gala. That's uh, early October. Then we've got the big one, the Health Freedom Expo, October 14th and 15th. And then we've got another thing in Arizona, but I don't have time to tell you. So join me on the bonus round after this because the power to heal is yours. All right, bonus round commences. That was a a busy show. You had a lot of clips today uh, with the Hotez thing going on. And uh, I think important and illustrative of the changes that we've witnessed in a short period of time, relatively speaking, uh, from when I you know, started the show in 99 to where we've accelerated this transformation of all the stuff that used to work. The skeptics would win the day and there wasn't the new media, the alternative media now being censored like this to kind of cause many people that were formerly against us to join us and go, you know what? I don't agree with everything you say, but I will defend your right to say it, right? That's the whole idea of freedom of speech, isn't it? Defending the speech that you hate the most including those that, you know, say things that are very offensive to you, me, or anybody. And I would defend their ability or freedom to say it. Now, um, there are certain areas like, uh, you know, if if you're going to a private community or church or, you know, and whatever, your home, uh, you know, you you have the ability to go, not not in here, but uh, in so many of the things, the town square has become electronic, as you know, via these social media platforms. And uh, for those that support, censorship and that was bobby kennedy's book letter to liberals is like you're on the wrong side of history here you could disagree with us or anybody on on the issues but to call for censorship violently suppress the freedom of speech that's not a good look and that's where the people on the political left and you know having naomi wolf on last week <laughs> i try <laughs> i try to be nice to people on the left and i don't hate people on the left that's not my point it's like She's like, nope, I used to be that. They have completely lost their way. 
And I, I'm not even going to be nice about it. I, I don't, I'm just paraphrasing in a sense, but uh, sometimes maybe I, I, I try to be too nice to people that are not nice at all to us. And maybe that's a fault I have. I got to deal with, but anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I, I'm actually, I'm taking a look at uh, what's going on on Twitter at the mm-hmm. moment. And uh, I think we're safe to safe in saying that he's not going to, uh, he's not going to accept the offer. Yeah. Um, well, it's uh, it's definitely illustrative of their commitment to engage in scientific debate. And you know when they say that they don't... What he's going to do, check it out. Here's what he's going to do, because he's got a new book that's coming out. Yeah. Uh, the title of the book is The Deadly Rise of Anti-Science. So yeah. I think what he's going to do is he's going to take this... And it will sell about 10 copies and it will be out. It might do better. I think he's going to try and use this to capitalize, capitalize on this and use this to sell his book is what he's going to do. So all the true believers, it's funny because he'll call us true believers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He has no idea how ironic that is. Um, Yeah. So all the, all the true believers, the actual true believers uh, are going to buy his book to support him. They'll probably do better than his other books did, which did terrible, apparently. I, I don't think that there's a, a bigger audience for what he's doing than there was before. Yeah. I think I, this I hit controversy, so he'll probably do better on this one here, but he's going to okay. use this. Looking at some tweets, uh, comedian Dave Smith, who we still haven't had on this show. I, I would like to have him on the show. Uh, he says, I feel so bad for these pro-vax scientists who are getting bullied. Us anti-lockdown, unvaccinated people never had to go through anything like that. I think there's a little bit of sarcasm. Right. Right. And our buddy Michael Bolden resp- replied. And by the way, Bolden, if you're in the audience, I asked if we could start the show on Friday an hour earlier so I can get to the airport because I got to get over to Colorado for the w- weekend. Uh, but Michael Bolden says, right? When people literally chase you down while on a hiking path on a bright, sunny day to tell you that, quote, you're killing elderly people by not wearing a mask is definitely not bullying to them. And he well, said, yeah, it, it, that happened to him. It actually did. Yeah. And go, go back even farther than COVID. Mm-hmm. I mean, these, these a-holes yeah. have gone after the, the people that, 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 you know, they just wanted to live their healthy, crunchy granola life. Yeah. And they were attacked by these, these skeptics and these, these people that you know were that thought that uh, you know homeopathy and acupuncture was torture, yeah, and it was dangerous and was going to kill people and stuff, right? Yeah, I mean you know this, Robert. I mean you go back into in history when you and I first started working, and and uh, I think it was actually you were the first one to tell me about David Gorsky, mm-hmm. you know, and and you know it was like oh we don't we don't have engage. Has with you David written Gorsky. an article yet about all of this? Huh. Gorski, has he Gorski, responded? No, you know, actually, when I checked this morning, I mean, this is going to open up another can of worms here. By the way, Tim Boland called him Orac the Nipple Ripper because yeah. he was like a breast deconstruction surgery guy. That he, um, yeah, he's like a cancer dude. But yeah. um, actually, his his most recent article was about uh, Dr. Batar. Hmm. Probably dancing on his grave. Kinda. Yeah. I mean, you know, I was talking about why, how he really died, and it was that he basically killed himself. He killed himself with quackery. Wow. Basically, um, I didn't bring it up because I just didn't think yeah. it was. But yeah, when an anti-vax physician dies suddenly, he says, "Yeah, the case of Doctor Rashid Batar." So, 
Yeah, and all the other people that died suddenly has nothing to do with the fact that they relied on Gorski's medicine. Right. Yeah. So anyway, I, he hasn't yet, but I, 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 I just he will. I know he will. Mm-hmm. He can't. He can't resist. But um, yeah. So in any case, that was an, some excitement over the weekend. We'll yeah. see where that goes. What do we got going on this week? Hmm. Let's go into the calendar. See tomorrow, one o'clock. Philip Meese, or it's a uh, no, that's Mountain Time, three o'clock Eastern Time. Paul Hutchinson, second hour. Uh, let's see Wednesday, Jacob wins, and I don't know if we'll have tie yet. Uh, we usually find out the day of or the day before. Um, Friday again, uh, Deborah Muth from Trinity. But I, as I asked Bolden, and we haven't gotten a response yet, is he able to come on an hour earlier? I can shift everything an hour early to do the show so I can get out to the airport in time. We don't have an answer yet on that. Nope. I would like, you know what I'd like to get on the show this week? Mm. My dear friend, Celia Farber. Yeah, it's been a while. She has got such a hit. You see, when people are recently to the discussions that we're having, you know, we've been making for a long time, having a long time, uh, they really don't know the backstory, the things that we were going through. For, for me, back in the 90s, as I was learning about this and, and making acquaintance and then friends and then, of course, when I started my show, starting to interact with the, you know, many of the players who had been accused of heresy simply because they pointed out that HIV wasn't the cause of AIDS, for instance, and how the same players and the same techniques were used back then. And it's like, they've just discovered it now. Oh, this was a recent phenomena. You know, as I say, the many Johnny come lately's, and this is not an accusation. I'm glad you're here that you figured it out, but there have been people at this for decades, like Celia Farber that have been tr- just abused beyond belief by mainstream journalism, et cetera. All of those people, the skeptics that were more successful back in the day because people didn't know and they just believed they trusted an authority or authoritarians. Uh, so yeah, I would love to have Celia on this week. Yeah. We'll make that happen. Oh, Jack Williams, a native of South Africa, American citizen fighting sex trafficking, very personal to Jaco after witnessing the horrors, horrors of trafficking through his younger sister, who is now a survivor. Oh my gosh. That's, that's going to be, be intense. Yeah. yeah on yeah. Uh, Wednesday. Yeah. That's an important topic. It's yeah. overwhelming. We can't do that every day. We couldn't, we couldn't function. It's just right. so brutal. Yeah. All right. So I've had a number of suggestions that I've seen so far. I don't know. Did you see any for the, the name of the new mascot for my studio? No, I haven't seen any. Nobody. Is there anybody in the, in the chat room over at robertscottbill.com that has suggested anything? Uh, I haven't seen any. No. All right. Diana said Squidward if it were a boy, which I think is is cute because that's from um, uh, SpongeBob SquarePants. Okay. Uh, Ursula, that would be the the squid from uh, what what movie was that? Was that uh, uh, Little Mermaid? I think. Yeah. Was Ursula right? Yeah. Uh, Squiddily diddly. No, I I don't understand this one. Squiddily diddly, nineteen sixty five. Is that from a song or something? I don't know that. I don't one. know. <laughs> uh, Leslie says Tina. Now I, you know, I'm not trying to be uh, misogynist or anything, but right, I hadn't even actually considered a, a female uh, mascot. <laughs> but uh, Tina uh, or uh, Harry, Lloyd, Bob, or Patrick. I probably wouldn't do Patrick because that's my son's name. Yeah. Um, Bob the the octopus. Bob the builder. That's uh, kind of like that. How about, uh, how about Jack Handy? 
how about uh, uh, Squid McSquidface? Squid McSquidface. No. I like. It's that. not a squid though. Squidly McSquidface. Yeah. Reynaldo. That would be a like a, a Mexican octopus. I guess there's that's there's Mexican uh, mm-hmm. octopus. The one I I do like the most so far. Yeah. And this is something Leslie suggested. Napoleon. Wow. I like. I kind of like that. Napoleon. Maybe, maybe we'll see. Well, well, well I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll keep the, keep it going here, and we'll, we'll come up with something by the end of the week. Sounds great. What do you oh, think? By the what way, do you think I, is a good name? I have, I just hadn't considered it. Green Mountain than, Girl over on Rumble says Douglas. 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 Hmm. The, the octopus. Oh, all right. Adorable it is. Yes. I don't know. We shall uh, see. Keep keep the uh, suggestions going. I do know our next AMA for Zoom uh, on Zoom for our patrons is going to be July the first, a Saturday, a week from this coming Saturday, I believe. Uh, we couldn't fit one in because all the events and things, and we wanted to do a Saturday because we'd done two week nights in a row in the in the North American time zones anyway. Uh, so July one will count for our June AMA. We'll do an additional AMA later in July as well. Although I hope we can do a lot of AMAing at uh, Leslie's place. For the uh, family union, the RSB family union. Yep. Oh, that's cool. We need to get Leslie on to talk more about it, see if there's any more space available and that kind of thing, or generate some more interest for those that are on the fence about it and uh, talk about that as well. I think she said she was going to talk to some folks who are going to be there for her podcast on the Robert Scott Bell Podcast Network as well. Uh, Let's see. Mr. Pibb. Mr. Pibb. Mr. Pibb. Remember that? You ever drink Mr. Pibb? I did. I was back in the soda days. I don't even remember whether I liked it or didn't. It but. was kind of like the alternative to Dr. Pepper. Yeah. yeah. Steven says Seaside Bob. <laughs> Seaside Bob? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Now, do you think it worthwhile to play that video clip for those you guys want to see that there's a, a great video that was put together matt taibbi and there was one other, one other guy uh, uh matthew but i think it's or orf mm-hmm. um they put together <laughs> uh about peter hotez and it's it is about it's about four and a half minutes long or so yeah um it is quite entertaining though and so like uh, we'll go ahead and play that yeah you'll then, see the hypocrisy of um, if you can call it that of Hotez, it's like, what this are you is, being paid to say, Hotez? This and is from uh, from or the Orf um, YouTube page here. Here it is. One of the things that we're not hearing a lot about is the unique potential safety problem of coronavirus vaccines. And then <laughs> something changed. Any vaccine released by emergency use authorization by the FDA is an outstanding uh, vaccine. J&J's vaccine has a risk of life-threatening blood clots. When you hear the beep, that's the sound of safety. So don't overthink it. Uh, they're they're both really good. Vac- they're all really good vaccines. Get vaccinated now. You gotta call now. If you wait, uh, it's gonna be really too late to protect your child. If this was your child, what happens next could make it the worst day of your life. So even though COVID poses zero threat to healthy children. Vaccinate your children. Do the right thing. 
Be safe and not sorry. I'm strongly recommending for adolescents to get their two doses of vaccine and fully immunized after those two doses. Advanced technology that can help save lives. This is going to be a long-lasting vaccine. A long-lasting vaccine. A few moments later. We're seeing that two doses is not holding up well for emergency room visits. It's not holding up well for hospitalizations. Here we go again. Everyone's going to need a booster. You need that third immunization. Triple the amount. Get that third immunization. The two mRNA vaccines were always a three-dose vaccine. The two mRNA vaccines were always a three-dose vaccine. We've, I've always said this is a three-dose vaccine. We've, I've always said this is a three-dose vaccine. This is a three-dose vaccine. But I'm not done yet. That third immunization. The problem is it's not holding up. So we may have to look at sort of innovative solutions. Oh, God, not this again. A fourth immunization oh just just to keep them to keep them going, to keep the country uh, going. We have to consider some out of the box things. A fourth immunization. Four. A fourth immunization. Get that second boost. A second boost to keep the country uh, going. I've made that recommendation. A fourth immunization. But I'm still not done. One semester later. Unfortunately, the numbers are starting to trend up again. So the hospitalizations are up. And so the most important message that I have this morning is get your new bivalent booster. Uh, Willie and Lise were saying they got their booster, and I was like, oh, I need to get mine. And then I found out they, they're talking about the third shot. And is that the bivalent, or is it the fourth booster, or does it matter? Like, Don't worry so much about the number of... <laughs> There's no wrong way to use it. You have to get it. This new bivalent booster... You can double or triple stack them. The new bivalent one is, is doing a much better job. You, you have, have to get, get a booster. booster. Yeah. You need to get this new bivalent booster. That bivalent booster for COVID. But does everyone ages 12 and older need a booster? The answer is yes. Yes. And by the way, if you're over 50 and have gotten two boosters and more than four, two, or th two to four months out, you're going to need a third booster as well, a fifth immunization. Five! I don't think we're going to need an annual booster like flu. Eventually. Dr. Hotez supports yearly boosters, just like flu. But I'm still not done! It looks as though the boosters are not holding up quite as well as we'd like. Um, and 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 I think our think thinking is going to change and that what's going to happen is every, you know, few months we may need another booster. Uh, uh, uh. Perfect results each and every time. You know, we just could not overcome that massive disinformation campaign, these fake concepts of herd immunity and discrediting masks. Well, Dr. Hotez, you are a national treasure. It is picking oh. off young people like we've never seen. Dr. Peter Hotez, that was extremely informative. Disinformation that you're hearing, that kids are fine, it's nonsense. Kids need to get that vaccination. You healthcare workers have been our saviors. Watch out for that misinformation. Dr. Peter Hotez is probably one of the smartest people on this topic. I mean, if you haven't gotten your five and ups vaccinated yet, Now's the time to do that. Dr. Peter Hotez, thank you for saving the world. We also support giving that third immunization for the 12 to 17-year-olds. People have to feel safe. Dr. Hotez, you are a voice of reason. Take down the fake information. These fake concepts of herd immunity. Our last hope is to vaccinate our way through this. Make certain wow. that everybody's vaccinated, including their kids. That's the single yeah. most important thing right now the American people have to do. Dr. Peter Hotez, you're the person that we like to go to uh, for the sort of expertise. The single most impactful thing you can do is make certain that you're fully boosted and preferably two boosted. Later. Monkeypox is a global emergency. And it's accelerating among a specific social network of, of men who have sex with men, not because it's sexually transmitted. Monkeypox is sexually transmitted almost exclusively.
Before we let you go, we have to stop and applaud you because I, a lot of MSNBC viewers who have watched you constantly for the last three years or so and, and have come to trust you. I don't know if they fully appreciate what you have done. Willie, what a wow. <laughs> what a great video. Just worshipfulness. Um, these people are not living on the right side of history, as we know. Thank you, Dr. Hotez, for saving, saving the, the world. world. Is that uh, uh, Mika? Sounded yeah, like. that's MSNBC. They love him over at MSNBC. Mika, what a sad, sad story that is. Uh, man, I, I just, I, I would be embarrassed for these people, but I don't think they have a consciousness to recognize what they're even doing anymore. They sold out so long ago that, uh, you know, are they true believers because they're on such heavy medication or that medication or Federal Reserve notes fill in their bank accounts? They're being paid so much to not see what they're, you know, it's just a sad state. Or he's a true believer. Well, in the sense of being a true believer, they're paid well to believe what they, uh, you know, believe to be true. I, I just, uh, I, I think at the end of the, the life review, I don't think I'd want to be in their shoes. Yeah. I'll just say that. He doesn't look well, Sandy. You're right. Um, if you look at him, he's pasty. He's nutrient deficient junk food, admitted junk food addict. He does not look healthy. Uh, and I don't wish ill will or on him. And it's like Bobby Kennedy who was talking about him and his daughter. Uh, you know, I think he has compassion, Bobby Kennedy, by all means. He has so much compassion. But these people have no compassion for people that disagree with them. It's about cancel culture. I mean, this is where, you know, if you if if they ascribe or subscribe to the, you know, the modern political left of the Democrat Party, um, there's no compassion there. Unless you redefine compassion, and of course they redefine all of these terms. So. Well, it's it's for for those of you who didn't see this, and this will be the last video clip that I'm going to play. Okay. I created this the other day. It's only a minute long. Okay, but this was when Joe Rogan was um, talking just recently about the doctors in the whole COVID situation. And what kind of people there were. And it was funny when he was doing this because as I was watching it, I knew who he was talking about when he was referring to those those doctors. And so I took advantage of that situation and took some old uh, clips from an old interview uh, that specifically matched up with who he was talking about. Uh, and so th this is what I came up with. And you've got these people that were doctors that are fat and they eat shit. I'm not as cautious about my diet as I should be. I'm a junk foodaholic. And they don't take vitamins, and they don't exercise. Do you take vitamins? I don't take vitamins. Really? Yeah. I don't wow. Them. I don't think they do. I don't think they're needed. Because most in the, in the American, what? in the American, hold up, hold up, hold up. You don't think they're needed while you're eating junk food? And you got these assholes that are dumping cheeseburgers and fucking milkshakes into their biological machine. That's like our thing is to go to the, uh, it's called the burger joint or to um, Shake Shack. And they think that uh, an injection is the thing that's going to lead you to health. Can't be pushing only chemicals in injectable forms to facilitate health. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair. Not chemicals, they're vaccines. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> What's in them? What? Like, it's one of the dumbest ways to approach a complex, nuanced situation, which is your own metabolic health and your immune system. It's complex. It requires a lot of maintenance. You've got to take care of your body because it is literally a biological machine. So if you're wondering why he doesn't look well. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, he admits it. So I'm not making anything up.
I just got word from our friend Taryn Gregson, who emceed the great uh, event up in Boise, the We the Patriots USA. She is going to be at the We the Patriot. No, I'm not saying. I'm thinking that one, but we she's going to be at the RSB Family Union at Leslie. Oh. Place. Just got a nice text from her. Well, cool. Yeah. So, and, and I think Ben Tapper's schedule. I mean, this is going to be a great event. Are you kidding? Uh, so hopefully you'll see everybody that can be there. Try to be there. It'll be a historic event. Never before have we done this. And looking forward to it. Octavia the Octopus. Octavia the Octopus. Okay. That was another suggestion. A lot of female names there. Does it does, does this look like a female deal? I know. What is it's hard to say these days, right? Yes. There's no there's no like uh I, I don't know. I'm not I'm not familiar with octopi. <laughs> how do how do you tell if it's a female or a male? This is a family show. What are you doing? What? No pants on that thing. It's not no pants Thursday or whatever the day. Wear it like a hat. There you go. It's a great hat. Very festive hat. All right. So, all right. Suffice it to say, you had a great weekend. Yes. It was a lot of fun. The food was just like holy moly. Were you doing the seafood around the the coast? Oh man, I had I had clam chowder to die for. Smoked salmon scrambles for 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 breakfast and and uh, yikes! I mean, yeah, it was just it was amazing. It got to celebrate my daughter's birthday and Father's Day that over you know on the same weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, the house that we were in was really cool. Uh, the The weather was great for Oregon beach weather. Uh huh. Got to see some really cool stuff. So I'll have some pictures and stuff for for you tomorrow. But yeah, had a good time. Very good. It wasn't long enough, but that's how it always is, right? It always is. I mean, you squoze out a little bit and made it as long as last as long as you could. Yep. Instead, I I had uh, just a down weekend, and not in a bad way. Just for like, although I had a kind of a scratchy throat Friday into into Saturday, and I just you know hit the silver and everything that I know to do, and by yesterday it had converted more into sinus you can hear today a little sinusy today but didn't slow me down much at all i wasn't feverish although i did two sauna sessions as you know sweating is a good part of the way to get through this faster and uh today it's just kind of the remnants of annoying sinus drainage uh, but i <clears throat> went to work out today no problem cool and uh I don't know what else we got uh, wrapping up. Any other announcements? I mentioned I ran out of time telling you about upcoming events, but go to the upcoming events tab at robertscottbell.com and you can see um, October. We've got loads of uh, things that always October is one of the busiest months. Uh, and I've got to talk with uh, Jamie over at uh, Nutritional Frontiers because he's got an event the same weekend as the uh, Your Health Freedom Gallon Symposium. And then we have the Health Freedom Expo, October 14th and 15th. Right before that is the Trinity Live event, the 13th, 12th and 13th. So if you're a healthcare provider, Trinity graduate or student, or um, you, you can get continuing education, et cetera, that and stay on for the Health Freedom Expo. And then we have the big uh, Join the Wellness Parenting Revolution Summit. And that's going to be Phoenix, Scottsdale, Arizona. And the master plan for raising healthy kids and adults. And that's uh, Dr. Jack Wilson will be there and others. So it looks like uh, Tracy Slepsevic as well. It's a Bobby Kennedy, Judy Mikovits. It'll be fun. 
So heading back to the desert in Arizona in November, 3rd, 4th, and 5th. So that's coming up. I think that was it. I don't remember. Yep, if there's anything that's else it. To share. Yeah. That is it. All right. Well, thanks, guys, for hanging out with us. Yeah, and I hope you all didn't miss the Sunday conversation that I had uh, on relationships and masculinity. And uh, I was a good, another another great hour. And we got her done, despite Super Don being on vacation, because he just is that good with no internet almost. Next time I go, I got to scope out the internet. I had no idea the internet sucks. So they don't have any like local cafes that can tap into high speed internet, probably. Uh, in order to do that, I'd have to have a laptop and not a desktop. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I walk in there with my desktop, sit everything. So, yeah. anyway, maybe I'll try the Starlink thing or something. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on what's going on. If there's any updates on the Rogan Hotels, I think it might just fizzle out because it'll be obvious that Hotels is not interested in. But yeah, maybe a couple of days before it. It, it goes away. But I don't know. We'll see. It was it was fun. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, that's all I've got. Thanks for being here, y'all. We'll be back tomorrow, tomorrow with Philip Meese and Paul Hutchinson. Hour one, hour two. Mm -hmm. And the news of the day. And your octopus names. Excellent. All right. Have a good day, guys. See ya.